back to the Nuts and Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Randy Marsh. We got the Glitter Hut Gremlin and uh, whatever GG is. What's it's up, gl- dude? He's the glider guy, man. The glider yeah. guy. That's glider right. guy. <laughs> hey, guy. Yeah, hey there, guy. You got well, a glider? Welcome to the stage, the glider guy. Yeah. What's That's up, right, man? ladies? Dude, just chilling, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful evening. I should have been flying. Yeah, it was pretty breezy here. I don't know yeah. how how it was up there, but dude, it was it was howling pretty good this evening. It's windy as hell oh, man. here. Yeah, it always seems to calm down right about this time. Which man, what what a time! I don't even know what time it is, but uh, uh, about eight thirty. Yeah, eight thirty. Yeah. That's when it that's when it hits real good, man. Yep. And yeah, today's thirty the, minutes. And today, or was it yesterday? Sorry, I may be mixing yesterday. it up. Yeah. Yesterday was the longest day of the year. So no, yeah. it's today, twenty first. Today's summer solstice. Okay, yep. so then yeah, today was the longest day. Yeah, so. was not the hottest though. I mean, they were showing we were supposed to have like a heat index of like one fifteen or something stupid today. I don't know that it ever got that far, but it was freaking miserable the last two days. So I thought the official first day of summer was yesterday. So it was today. Mm, summer solstice is on the twenty first. I'm not disagreeing, but that's the official first day of summer, right? It depends on who you talk to. Okay. Yeah. The Mayans would say yes. It says it is today. Yeah. Uh-huh. Summer, first day of summer is today. Some scientists, I think, are saying it's June 1st. I was reading that somewhere earlier. But anyway. See, I always thought that first day of summer was summer solstice. First day of winter was winter solstice, which yep. was like December 22nd. 21st something like that well, what's hap- what's happening is man the earth is flat right but it does rotate so we're just on a different arc yeah man do me and casey got on a whole dark side of the moon <laughs> moon base thing the other day it was it was out there let's just say that yeah the earth is not flat that was a joke i don't believe that <laughs> yeah just to clarify are you sure maybe how do you know? Because. Because we trust the science. Because that's the way it right. is. Because in 1530, they depicted Antarctica as a landmass and not under ice. And there was no way in hell that anybody could ever draw that map as precise as it was unless they were in the air. No, you're just making just saying. shit up. Just saying, dude. Dude, it gets deep, Matt. If you haven't heard it, it, gets, way it, get, it gets way deep. Gets like, way I've only deep. heard a little bit of it. Casey knows a lot more, but it gets deep quick. I don't know. I we're like three dip. minutes in got, already off the rails. Dude, no, I know. <laughs> dude, I, got, I got to talk to Clay one night. I got him to dip a toe in a little bit. He's calling me every once in a while. Goes, dude, did you know? I'm like, yes, my son. I told you. <laughs> I don't yeah. even remember how we got to talking about it the other <laughs> night, but we did. And uh, yeah, anyway, so what we said was, is like the earth or the moon doesn't rotate. Right. And so there's nothing that says there isn't something on the other side of the moon because we can't see it. We always see the same side of the moon all the time. So there could be a foreign government or our own government that's put something on the backside of it and we wouldn't be able to see it. You know, we should take that lot that reddish has and go see (laughs) Dude, no. I bet we could light it up. Uh, 
I dude. can tell you one thing. There is <laughs> nobody on this planet that has a brighter light than Jason. <laughs> dude, I think you could nobody. take that and like a magnifying glass and like burn the shit out of some ants. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you'd need the magnifying glass. Yeah. 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 Sounds, dude, like, yeah. Uh, sounds like we're about to burn the shit out of some aliens, dude. <laughs> <laughs> pew, pew. Dude. I, yeah. You guys had to have done that when you were kids, right? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't burn living things, but I would catch some cool cardboard and wood stuff on fire. Yeah, I started a couple of grass fires maybe with it. Oops. <laughs> My dad showed me that really early on. Anyway. Uh, he was an arsonist, were you? Mm, <laughs> I put them all out. <laughs> My brothers yeah, aren't he, so lucky. They but, didn't do that, but anyway. He did it all natural, though, Clay. It's different. I mean, if you just walk out there with a bick and you're catching stuff on fire, then you're a pyro. <laughs> if you're it's using science, man. yeah, if you're using science, it. like a magnifying glass and everything like that, you put some thought into this. You're serious. Yep. It's just not a flick of the bick. You've got some time invested. <laughs> flick of the bick. Yeah. So, Casey, you uh, do need to see that uh, episode of uh, Beavis and Butthead. Where uh, the fire is giving Beavis orders, like telling you know, <laughs> telling him what to do. That's great. It's in the trash can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a dumpster shit. fire. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It, it, it's until pretty you've funny. seen yeah, until you've seen one of those in real life, you don't know the severity of it, really. You know, it was just a saying at one point in my life. Oh, it's a dumpster fire. Like, ah, how bad could that be? Yeah, I until you start one of it, your own. Yeah, it, I didn't start that. <laughs> I got paused right there. Yeah, I didn't start that. Hell, I don't even know if I finished it, dude. I walked out of the freaking with a coffee of pot of water, with a coffee <laughs> pot of water, thinking I was going to be the fireman. Put this thing out. I'm a hero. I'm going to save the day. Nope. I got my eyebrows singed off because it was a freaking four alarmer. Should have put that Red Wing helmet on and just charged in. Oh man, we wouldn't. I wouldn't be here right now. It would just be you. <laughs> that'd be boring oh i wouldn't have lived man so what have y'all been up to well i mean we had the dunking event like, we'll, we'll go into that in a minute yeah. but yeah what uh what else y'all been up to clay? yeah clay's gotta go first not really casey's actually has a pretty epic story to tell it's not that epic but it was, it was it pretty was good, good. <laughs> yeah it's a long it's a long story though are you sure you want it we're in are, go are we thinking of the same one the one i'm Absolutely. thinking of is not that long oh oh I might have two stories oh yeah yeah uh, go ahead and then i'll I'm tell you super all right so i'll make it short as i can so i decided <laughs> to get myself a glider for father's day it arrives on saturday everything is good get it all put together get it programmed and I'm going to go fly it on Father's Day. So I go hang out with my dad for a little bit. Uh, my son goes with me, and I was like, dude, I'm going to go out to the flying field if you want to go. He never goes. Absolutely never goes. And uh, so we get out there, get batteries in it. Had an awesome maiden flight. It flew great. Got a trim flight in. I did put an aura in it just so it made the programming easy for, like, crow and flaps and all of that stuff. And, uh, dude, it flew great. Did my trim flight, got it trimmed out. Didn't really take much trim, you know, did quick trim on it. Went for the second flight. I'm four point rolling this thing. It's great. It's flying. Awesome. Um, third battery pack was a little bit heavier than the other two, but I was like, ah, screw it. Let's see if it'll handle it. Um, 
So it was a 3300 4S. I think it's supposed to have a 2200 4S in it. And I knew with that weight, it would give this glider more speed if you took it up real high and just dove it straight down. And up until this point, it had been flying fine. And it was great. It was putting up with everything. I did some negative maneuvers with it. Nothing, nothing. It would seem like it was solid till it wasn't, man. And I got it up, you know, 399 feet, you know, right around that and tipped her straight down and went to pull out. And she didn't really like that. Didn't really like it at all. So I think from what I could tell, I know I've been a wing tube because one of the wings looked like a floppy chicken. And uh, <laughs> it spiraled in, you know. Into the thickest part of the field, too. And here's where I kind of feel like an asshole because I looked at my kid and I was like, I don't really want to deal with that. And he goes, No. I was like, All right. I just left it. I mean, it's, it, dude, it's stupid thick amount of land. There's a bunch of bugs out there. <laughs> you know, dude, somebody got, dude, somebody got Rocky Mountain spotted fever at the field going after a plane this year because of all the ticks. So I was like, Ah, <laughs> not worth it. Yep. And, and where it landed, it's not like, I don't know. I kind of feel like I littered a little bit, but nobody goes over there. So it'll be okay, right? Sure. No. I'll wait till winter and go find it. I'm not dealing go. with them ticks. That's the spirit. <laughs> so that was the one story. Is that the same story? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Is that your center a little too hard there, bud? I did, dude. I, I yeah. man, I, I went out there with a mission on that last flight. Dude, there's a couple of little kids sitting there, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get a fast pass, no motor. Glider sounds so cool, just screaming by. Yeah, didn't work out. Oops. So it was an FMS ASW-17. Dude, is dude is great flying plane. Um, I don't think I'm going to replace it because I know it won't take hard speed fast dives. Well, you know a dealer, you probably get one cheap. Yeah, everything, dude. Whatever, man. <laughs> I did get it cheap, dude. It was like fifty or sixty dollars off. There you go. There are ways to yep. find coupons, kids. That's all I'm telling you. And <laughs> some, and sometimes maybe you fill out a questionnaire about becoming a dealer, get a discounted rate, to test out some product. Yep. I'm just saying, there's options out there. I noticed my uh, Fox 300 millimeter went out of stock. They sold out on those. You mean three meter? Yeah. What did I say? 300? Yeah. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Hmm. No, no, that's a, that's the one I was thinking of because Casey called All me right. while I was at the flying field to tell me about his epic <laughs> crash. <laughs> so uh, no. I had to tell somebody I was. Dude, what was funny is I was trying to talk my son into flying this thing. He goes, dude, I'm going to crash it. I'm like, yeah, well, you won't. Just hand the radio back to me, you know? Like, I'll save it. And if I don't save it, you don't crash it. I crash it, you know? I was like, dude, crashes happen. So I think all of this was a moral to teach my son that, dude, it's okay. Shit happens. He's like, mm, turn the radio off, get in the car and leave. So that's funny. pretty much how it went down. That's pretty much <laughs> how it went down. So it's it's kind of funny that you say this, right? Because we have a guy in my club, and he's an older guy, really nice guy, no issues with any of that, but he's 
flying skills are not really that great, right? And he's had a ton of airplanes, and he's kind of scared to fly them. Well, one of the newer guys in our club, Dennis, he's a he's a good pilot, and uh, he buys one of those uh, E Flight Apprentice STS ready to fly combos uh, for Father's Day weekend. And he bought it with the intent to teach his grandson how to fly. So he brings it out to the field on Sunday and he flies it around, goes through all the different flight modes, makes sure everything is working properly. He hands it to me. He's like, Hey, fly this around, make sure everything's right. So I go through it and I'm checking stuff out. Dude, we're just, just having fun, just playing around with it. Playing around with a trainer. Yeah. You know, it's nothing Good spectacular, stuff. but at the same time, it's like, you know, this is pretty cool for, for what it is, you know? Right. And for its intent and purpose. So this guy shows up at our field and, uh, he doesn't bring an airplane and, uh, we're like, Hey man, fly this plane, you know, check it out. And he's like, Oh, I don't want to tear it up. It's like, you're not going to tear it up. It's, it's fine. It's got this panic button, you know? if you get in trouble, just, you know, flip it down into the auto level mode, you know, hit the panic button, all this. It's like, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Wouldn't you know the sucker crashes it on takeoff? (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Yeah. Like apparently the one thing that the, uh, the apprentice won't do is give itself throttle. And so if you don't give it enough throttle and get it off the ground and get some airspeed, it will attempt to hold the nose up until it stalls. And it once it stalls, yeah. yep. And once it stalls, it, yeah, it takes a few feet to recover. And he was not a few feet high enough. So, geez. Well, anyway, is Dennis going to buy him another one? Uh, you know what? I was really impressed because it broke like the cowling. And maybe a prop and like some rubber bands. Like it really didn't break that much on the airplane. It took it really well. Nice. So he's like, oh, this is easily repairable. He's like, I got all the parts at home already. And uh, so. Man, you saw how much, I mean, just torture those uh, those sellers boys put on one, dude. Oh, yeah. That was was at four different fun flies I went to. Now with more weight and hot glue. And yeah, duct tape. and duct tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, speaking of that, okay. I got to rant a little bit here for a second. <laughs> oh, shit. So last week I had to go uh, out on an audit and uh, I was over in Fort Smith and I remembered like, oh yeah, I've got a taillight out on my work truck. It's not a brake light. It's just a... a tail light for like when your headlights are on i don't drive it at night that much but either way i need to get it fixed so i go to an o'reilly's in fort smith and this is how i know i'm getting old because i go in there and i'm immediately getting judgmental about who's working in said o'reilly's yeah this guy is not gonna know what i need (laughs) you're like nope nope immediately (laughs) yeah like there's this chick and this kid like these, they're all like high school age, like definitely no older than like, they, they could be like in college, maybe. Right. And 
this kid comes out, like, I guess they're like stocking because it is kind of close to closing. It's like within an hour of closing time. And so they're stocking shelves and whatnot, uh, I assume, because he comes up to the front desk and he's like, hey, where does the duct tape go while he's holding a roll of electrical tape? And I just, I really just had to sit there and grip my teeth and be like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> like it's electrical tape. It's not duct tape. There is a difference, you know, <laughs> dude, we're doomed. We are absolutely we're, doomed. He said we are doomed. Yeah. There's some, yeah. there's some good ones out there. I got a couple of kids that work for me that are in their twenties. They're, they're pretty solid. Oh. You gotta, Dude. you gotta, you kind of have to hand them some stuff every once in a while, or it's not getting done. But no, they're good I, kids. I like calling up to the AutoZone or the O'Reilly's here and go, "Can I have a CM6 spark plug, please?" Uh, yeah. What year is that? <laughs> uh, it's an NGK CM6. It. Yeah, just go <laughs> yeah. find it on the shelf. Dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know what year the airplane was built or the motor. Just get me the damn spark plug. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. funny. They look at you like dumbfounded, and then they come back going, "What is this little thing for?" I'm like, "Can you just give me that? I gotta go." Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's it's You're so that weird bad. rando guy that buys a spark plug that's tiny. Yep. Well, they keep they keep a box of them back there, just for yep. a handful of us in the club. It's pretty funny. But anyway, yeah, uh, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, so uh Matt, what have you been up to RC yeah. related? Man, let's see. What did I do? I don't know. I've got like 13 or 14 plots on that ultimate now. It's finally getting broke in. So about time to start dialing it in. I wanted to this weekend, but the weather is not looking favorable for that. So we'll see how it goes. But uh I did run out to the field. Uh, one day this last week with my 60 inch uh, NG and uh, I got talking to somebody while I was putting it together and failed to latch the left wing down pulled a bill and uh, took off with it threw it into like a knife edge spin and then a, uh, a just a knife edge and the wing started left wing starts spinning <laughs> So I almost saved it before it went in, but it landed on one corner of the cow, took out the cow, the motor box, and the left wing, the intersection of the left wing got hit pretty good. So got parts Damn. coming for that. So uh got a mo they actually have a motor box kit for that, which I was kind of surprised about. But uh that, uh a cow and a wing, and I'll have all of them tomorrow or Friday. So those will probably get worked on this weekend. I'll bring that down with me and uh, see if we can put that motor box kit in there and get that back in there. But other than that, it's been about it. Motor field and that kind of stuff. I've been, I've got a Peregrine that I've been putting together too. Uh, I've about got it ready. Uh, I have the aileron linkages I still got to install, but otherwise it's just going to be set up and it's ready to go. So I was hoping to maiden it this weekend too, but again, we'll have to see how it goes. But uh, otherwise, I think that's about it, really. Uh, not a whole lot. Yeah. What? So 
Have you got any more flights on your jet or no? No, the F-100. No, I haven't haven't flown it any since we flew at the Duncan event. Uh, what two weeks two weeks ago, week and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, that was last time I flew it. But no, I haven't. I just didn't have time to get out this week. You guys are both. You guys are both like a little jet curious here lately. Yeah, nah, maybe. Yeah, the price yeah. was right. I'm definitely a little bit so. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'm going to stick with the EDF and stay away from right. the turbine side of it. Man. I'll leave that to Jason. Oh. Nope, I'm out. Man. Come nope. on. Man. He said, nope. man. <laughs> no, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. That's a, my wallet says no. Oof. See, I heard that somebody might be moving up our direction, and he's a jet guy. So, Uh-oh. yeah. No. I'll just see if I can talk not, Westbrook out of his. Yeah, he I'm was trying to sell actually. me his the other day. Was he? Yeah. Uh, jackass. I don't want that. No. I told him to call me if you ever want to get rid of it, but that's okay. Man, I kind of like the Elite Aerosports Wraith or a Vantage. Yeah. Kind of thinking along those lines. I'm out. My 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 bank account won't allow me to do that. I don't think. Yeah, Not why do you guys think I'm into gliders? Ooh, I can't afford a motor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your Fox has a motor. Yeah, I was gonna say they all are. What do you call it? Folding props like motor gliders. Yeah. Like I would have right. flown more at Duncan, but this freaking glider guy kept getting in the way. Oh hell! <laughs> I didn't fly that much. Dude, that I thought Fox- it was funny. Everybody was impressed. Like, dude, you're flying? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to fly. Uh, it was pretty <laughs> cool. You and Kurt that, had him up flying. That was pretty cool. That Fox yeah. glider is pretty legit. Like, I yeah. like that thing a lot. Yeah. I mean, cool. for the, uh, it's not a great glider glider, but for, like, a, like a glider flown as like a sport airplane that you can also glide around a little bit. It's pretty solid, man. I'm, I'm pumped on it. Mm-hmm. It flies good. Like pretty good. Yeah. That uh, night radian that Spiegel has, that thing was pretty cool to watch. Um, I mean, I, yeah. obviously, I've been around night radians, but right. it was way cool to watch the Sellers boys take it to, you know, the moon and back. <laughs> 2,500 well, feet. Puts, around. Yeah, there's some kind of controller uh, in that thing where he can change all the lights, man. Yeah, I was, he, dude, he has an Arduino. Clay, yeah, Clay was out there with me. I think I was like, dude, let's go lay down the runway and watch this thing. Oh, come on now. I don't even get that any credit good. for the idea. Oh, yeah. You came up with that? I did. I grabbed a hold of oh, you, that... you and old Spiegel, and I'm like, come here. Like, what are we doing? Come well, on. Was... <laughs> you you executed that perfectly because it was if great. you make somebody think it's their idea, they're definitely in. You it know? was great. It was Dude, great. They got yeah. that thing so – it was a spec. Well, no, until it wasn't, yeah. and then it did a loop right. like right over the top of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, it was – Right. It was a small plane. I, and I mean, I bet it was probably 399 feet, somewhere right around. Yeah. yeah. Maybe 99 and a half. Yeah. Ah. But yeah, I don't know. There was a half dozen people out there laying on the runway yeah. by the time I was over. So he had Listen. lots of visual. So what you're saying is he had lots of visual observers. I it guess. was it, great. Well, it the was lights equipped, were really pretty by then. It was know? also, <laughs> it was equipped with lights that you could see for three miles. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's totally fine. Yeah, no glow sticks. No glow sticks. 
think Spiegel had some glow sticks. Gosh uh, dang. He probably did, man. That dude, he's a mess, dude. <laughs> he scares uh, people. He scares people. I'm just saying. He's well, he's just... You were buddies with him after he gave you his gift. That is the coolest thing ever. I mean, it's a pretty neat book about hand-launched gliders from 1973 or 74. It's very cool. Yeah, I appreciate I I appreciate the thought or him picking that up and thinking of me enough to buy it for. He wrapped it up and everything. Oh yeah, had had flowers on it. It was so (laughs) weird. Like he made Casey all nervous and like creeped out, and then it was a genuine nice gift that he gave him. (laughs) Correct. So leading up to this, dude. Him and Westbrook have sent like unicorns, rainbow crazy shit to my work. I opened this in front of coworkers, right? A bag of rainbow sprinkles. Dude, I'm sitting here thinking, oh gosh. And they're trying to videotape it as well. Like, nah, you ain't getting me. <laughs> and then it was a real gift. So he, 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 I got got. Watch out yeah. for the next one. Probably be a glitter. Yeah. One. Oh, the, oh, the next <laughs> one's going to be. I'm not accepting the next one. <laughs> We're ending this on a good note. I, I have success to this point. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is he's had that thing for a while. He yeah. had that book at like he Ice House. Skinner's. Or was yeah. it Skinner's? Yeah, it was Skinner's. E- either way, I knew me and Matt had seen it. Yeah. And really? he was like, well, he's like, I brought this to give to Casey. And I was like, oh, yeah, he'll love that. And uh, I did. So, so we knew do. about it for a while. And, uh, so, like, I knew what he was going to give you, and that's why I was like, didn't warn you. Be like, yeah, don't do that. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, it was kind of weird how he, how he prefaced everything. And, like, he took dry erase markers and drew all over his van, like, like <laughs> made it super creepy. creepy. <laughs> like, candy inside, right. like, candies and puppies. And I don't even remember what he all drove was from this. Austin with it all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So before then, he left on Sunday, our, oh he cleaned it all off. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, he told me, he goes, man, I hope this dry eraser comes off. I'm like, gosh, damn it, Spiegel. <laughs> I was getting messaged. I think he messaged the whole group and he was, dude, he was like, how many gliders is it going to take? <laughs> Matt yep. had my back. He's like, you ain't got enough. <laughs> well, uh, it's funny. Yep. He was out. He was looking for you. He was looking for you at Skinner's. Yeah. Um, he had it all prepped for Skinner's, so he's ready to go this time. Well, Spiegel, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Dude, Dude actually, I think go. you're probably responsible for him and Westbrook getting that uh, night radiant anyway. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm not, respons- I'm not responsible for that. I've heard stories. I want no part of that deal. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, you're not responsible for that. That's all Westbrook. That ain't even Spiegel's oh. fault. Yeah. No, all right. All, all right. <laughs> all right. Cool. Well, then I'll take blame for them getting a glider. Then. Yeah. No, what they did with the glider, that's on Westbrook. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the line has been clearly defined. I know. Yeah. No, I think, he, I think he owned that one. Yeah. yeah. That's what happens when you give a plank to a, a rotor a head. Hel- a heli guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A rotor head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, they have this derogatory term for us. We got to come up with something for them. Yeah. Get off anyway. my lawn, you upside down <laughs> lawnmower. Dude, Spiegel's a riot to hang out with, though. 
Uh, Running around with him, dude's a mess. He was he went live at like four thirty in the morning, and I was like, dude, go to bed. He's like, no yeah, way, man. About, There's nobody yeah. out here. Yeah, dude. I saw that at nine o'clock in the morning, and I see Matt texting. I'm like, what are you still doing up with him? What are you doing? It dinged, and I just happened to roll over and look at my phone. I'm sitting at Clay's, and I'm like, what the hell? Seriously? <laughs> He's sitting in his van charging batteries. <laughs> God dude. Damn, dude. Uh, he works at night, doesn't he? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's up all night, all done. Yeah. So if you're talking to him at 10 o'clock in the morning, it goes off the rails real fast because he's been up for a long yeah. time. Dude, did, <laughs> you, did you see that in the passenger seat of his van, he had an air conditioning unit and had made a plate that went in the window to vent it out? I was nope. wondering how he was sleeping in his van when it was like a hundred and stupid. Right. Uh, I, didn't see okay. I saw I didn't the portal, but I didn't Exten- see the extension cord hanging out of the closed door, ran up to a generator. <laughs> Packed in there with all his hellies and stuff. Dude, it was hilarious. I was like, oh my God, man, this is awesome. And I he need some, one of these. He gets some ridiculous gas mileage in that thing too. Dude, that right. is the funniest looking little sprinter I've ever seen. It's yeah. like the micro sprinter. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I think I'm going to name it the cum bubble. <laughs> oh. Oh, geez. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the one that's missing a chromosome, though, right? <sighs> when Siegfried and Roy come after you again, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're on your own now. <laughs> I remember when he was looking for a van and then he said he finally found it. Well, then I saw it and I was like, holy cow. Like, I didn't realize you were going to buy the babyest van made. (laughs) Dude, I'm not going to lie to you. I've looked at that exact same van going, I can make this work. See, this is why you're buddies. Exactly. He did it. it. I like odd looking stuff though, man. I I mean, I don't think that's a good looking van by any means, but I could see the functionality in it. And I'll put (laughs) up, hey, if, if it works good, it could be a little ugly, you know. There's not really a good-looking van, period. Like they're all right. kind of ugly. So, at that point, say, it's all utility. Yep, one of the coolest vans, I think, man. And it, it's not really even that cool, but like the Nissan uh, NV, like the two twenty-five hundred and the thirty-five hundreds. And I'm talking just like the regular ass, like fifteen passenger van. Dude, those things look sweet with a small lift kit and some bigger wheels and tires. Yeah. No. No, no man no it's not a bad looking van dude i found this one i don't remember if it was it seems like it was a ford but i'm not going to swear to it i want to think it was a ford transit uh e350 and yep, it was a dually so oh, shit. it was a dually like sprinter style tra- you know like a transit and it actually had uh, a bench seat like in the back. So you had the two buckets and then a single bench seat. And then all the, the rest of it was like cargo van style. Like that to me, I was like, that would be about perfect. And it was the extra tall one, you know, so you look like right. tall enough. You could pretty much stand up inside of it in the back. And uh, I was like, well, this would be perfect. Like two, you know, three or four people could ride with you and throw all your stuff in the back and, it's a dually. You could hook a trailer to it if you need to. It was pretty legit. Man, I was at work today and, uh, you know, you got tool trucks to come by, work in a garage kind of place. Um, dude, I got on a Matco truck and was looking around. 
dude, I was like, this would be cool for hauling around airplanes. I could live in this. Dude, it's already got air conditioning and everything like that. You just need to find a freaking old snap-on van or something. Like something like that would be way cool. Yeah, dude, or a Borat truck, right? Like the van that him <laughs> and Osamont got. Yeah. It was like 400 bucks with the optional pussy magnet installed. <laughs> I thought this that's was a, a podcast about RC. Yeah, we're using we're using the vans to haul our airplanes. Oh, oh okay. So. Man, he said their names like he knew them. That's how much he's seen that movie. Oh yeah, it's not hard it's to remember. Clay. The title of the movie is Borat. That, you know that's not hard with, to remember. You know how he is with movies. Oh yeah, but what was the? I don't know what the daughter or whatever the heck's name was. Oh no no no! Azamat was his buddy from the first one. Oh, see, see, I don't even know who you're talking about. Uh, and the big fat guy. Point for him. I got you. Yeah. So, uh, Clay, what have you been doing? Man. I'm not real sure how we got off into vans, but yeah, we were well, talking about weeks and then it we, went off the rail. Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> well, so after the Duncan Fun Fly, uh, see, the following week I was on an audit. It works. I didn't get much done during the week, but then last weekend, uh, got to take out the RV 870, um, put a few flights on it and, um, a few more flights on the F 100 starting to get that thing figured out a little bit better. Um, the challenge has been like getting it slowed down. It will slow down and fly at a much slower airspeed than you would think being a scale jet. Mm-hmm. Um, but just getting it figured out, uh, because even at its lowest airspeed with no headwind or especially like crosswind, it makes it especially challenging. It almost, uh, does like a sailboat and kind of tack. It seems like it speeds it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, anyway, out there on Sunday, I got a couple of really nice landings with it. And, uh, even though it wasn't a ton of headwind, it was pretty calm for the day, you know, getting more comfortable setting it down right at the end of the runway. And, and, uh, even at that, it, it rolls, it needs breaks. breaks. Yeah. Yeah, It just rolls rolls and rolls and rolls. Um, but, uh, anyway, flying that. And then, um, during the Duncan fun fly, I picked up an Avanti from Jason Donhockle. He was selling it really cheap. And so I picked it up from him and threw some servos or threw a receiver in it and uh, had to make a repair to the landing gear. I took it out. I put several flights on it this past Sunday and uh, was working on getting the flap elevator mix dialed in because it's another one that it's really remarkable how well that thing slows down. Yeah. It slowed way down. I remember watching you fly it the first couple of times. Yeah, well, I got where it'll fly even slower than that with the with the flaps for landing, and uh, but anyway, I had to do some uh, tuning and adjusting on getting that mix just right, and uh, anyway, put in a few more flights with it, just getting more comfortable, and uh, really enjoying the EDF jets over the last what month here or so. Yeah, I got to do the flapped elevator mix in mine, my F one hundred. I need yeah. to work on that. So 
the Avanti took just a standard down elevator mix, mm-hmm. um, put flaps down, down elevator, like most airplanes. Um, the F-100 is actually backwards. Yeah. I so it, it uses up elevator. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, not much. I think it's like 1% on takeoff flaps and like 3% on full. I, was like, I thought it was like 3% on full flaps, landing flaps. And I was like, but it helps gives it, give it that attitude that you need for landing on that one. Yep. Yeah. No. It certainly is one that you have to have the nose up. Like you want to touch it down on the mains and all that. Um, yep. Because if you don't get that flare and, and it, it almost needs to be like, you don't flare it right as you're touching down. Like you also almost have to kind of ride that nose yeah. high attitude yeah. on Come approach. Yeah. Come um, into the touchdown like that. Yep. And it remains pretty stable, which it's kind of ironic. Uh, so I, I did a little bit of research on the F-100 itself. And uh, in high angles of attack, they were known to do what they called the saber dance. Hmm. Um, they were actually known for their yaw instability. Um, as to a real yawing, as, To start yawing back and forth. Yep. Yep, yeah. that was one of the characteristics of the real F-100 and caused the bulk of the crashes. It actually doesn't have a very good safety record. Uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I remember it, seeing that, too. A lot of operational uh, mis- mishaps and uh, crashes, a lot of fatalities as a result of those. And like I said, it was known as the Sabre Dance. What's ironic is the model, the F-100 model that we have, it doesn't exhibit any of those problems. Um so, I mean, it, it remains really stable with a relatively nose high attitude on approach. I've, uh, I was pretty impressed. Now, obviously it will, you get it too slow and it'll kind of drop a wing. Thankfully I've only done that just right as it was touching down, you'd see the left or right wing kind of dip a little bit. Right. Um, and it hasn't been a major issue, but, uh, the uh, the Avanti doesn't seem to like that nose high attitude as much. I found that to be kind of eye opening. I guess is the way I put it. Like I was kind of surprised. I would have if I uh, going into this ahead of time. I would have said it was the other way around, uh, just as an assumption. But mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't seem to be that way in practice. Uh, the Avanti it flies extremely well. It slows down better but I don't think it's going to like that nose high, like high alpha situation quite as much. Right. Um, well, if it slows but, down so much on its own where it doesn't need yeah. that, you know, yeah. maybe that's the case. I know I saw a post earlier, you know, you were talking about that. I saw a post earlier where somebody had put one in and uh, people were commenting about how, how good those flew uh, and how much they liked them. There were several, yeah. several people commenting in there about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know I wish Jason were here, um, to, to talk about jets with me, uh, well with us rather. And, uh, with that being said, I know that Jason's generally not a sport jet fan. Uh, he, he prefers the scale jets and that's fine. I I like the scale jets too. Uh, but man, as far as a sport jet goes, like the one so far, this is the one I've got the most experience with in the sport jet category. And it flies incredibly well. Um, 
So yeah, I'll probably be looking at getting another sport jet somewhere in the future. Um, I'll probably let this one play it, run its course before I do that. But uh, at this point, I'm, I'm digging it. I really am. So uh, the flight time on it, on the Avanti is incredible too. Uh, because it's a really lightweight airplane, uh, its wing loading is really good. I'm flying four and a half to five minutes on a 4,000 success. Nice. So that to me is pretty awesome. Man, I've flown one of those. Everybody, Kirk has one, and he's like, dude, fly this. I think I flew it out of Duncan one year, <clears throat> and dude, it flew really good, and I don't have a lot of jet experience, so, but it, I handled it okay, you know, it didn't, you know, it was pretty easy jet to fly, as far as I know, I haven't flown a bunch. Yeah, I'm the same. I haven't flown a bunch of jets either, but uh, just as an airplane in general, it's really yeah, easy yeah, to fly. Cool. Yeah. And it holds um, good lines. Yep. One of the things that I've noticed uh, about both the F-100, and that this is one of the things that immediately impressed me about the F-100, is one of the other jets that I have flown in the past, I never owned one, but I've flown uh, the E-Flight F-16 a few times. And every one of them I've flown, you get them into a turn, and they, uh, in my, to the way it made me feel is like it was digging into the turn, yeah, like it, uh, the, right. the nose would dip in. So, you know what yep. I'm talking about? Yep. Um, neither of these airplanes do that. And so I thought that was a jet characteristic. Apparently uh, not. I think it's with that airframe. Uh, yep. It seems like, cause yeah, I'm with you. The F100 doesn't do it. I don't remember my Futura doing that either. Okay. So maybe just a characteristic of a 16 airframe. Yeah. And, and I've flown the flex jet, uh, the original flex jet a little mm -hmm. bit, yep. but so little, I don't remember how it did in that regime. You know, if it tried to dip into the corners or not, but, uh, it makes me want to try one of those again, you know, and see, kind of do a comparison. But, uh, anyway, that was, that was one of those things. Mike had one of those F-16s and he was like, yeah, just fly it whenever you want. And I flew it a few times and I was like, eh, this doesn't fly good. Like, I, I don't, I don't think I want a jet because I didn't like it. Um, and then after getting that F-100, I'm like, Hey, you know, maybe I do like these jets. And so after trying the Avanti, it's like, yeah, okay. This is definitely something I'm going to enjoy. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'll tell you what. So piques, far. I'll tell you what piques my interest about jets, man. When we were at Speed Fest, those turbine gliders that they had, mm. dude, those were cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to make it about gliders again, but and turbines, like stuff. you combined them both yeah. now, right. dude. I'm with Casey on this though. Those things was, were so was, awesome. <laughs> I think you rad. and Carrie Snyder and Westbrook can start a turbine podcast. Turbine glider podcast. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh gosh. I, I said something that was very wrong. Dude, I'll be, I'll say we this though. For a minute. And I thought we were hanging out talking. I about said some ridiculous crap. Like, hey, why did you guys stop? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with Casey on this one though. That, uh, Durka, Durka. uh, Dan Byerly had those, uh, was it Dan and who else? Uh, 
I can't remember the other oh, guys. Yeah. Names, but, yeah. Dude, those things were they, so awesome. They were legit hotliners with turbines on them, man. Yeah. And they were cool. Um, they were like what Psychoi 45s, I yeah. think is the engines they were running. So they were like tiny little turbines. Yeah. And they were ripping, dude. These things were doing at least 200. And dude, pull up into a freaking straight up and then just like pop top throw the yeah throw the stick <laughs> and pop top a glider at 200 you know yeah yeah dude the the aerobatics that have, they were doing was just incredible and they don't have a rudder huh they were uh they were v-tail but not um they what were was it like figured for elevator yeah yeah, it was a. Uh, it wasn't even dual servo, was it? It was like one servo, like to a, like a Y right. linkage or something like that. So, yeah, it was only up and down elevator. Yep. No, no rudder on the V tail, and dude, it was yank and bank. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, they <laughs> were they were thoroughly impressive. I will say that. Uh, Absolutely. It made me want like Casey should get one. So we can right. enjoy it more often. So. <laughs> I agree. Please send your donations too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's funny. Stephen Davis. Yeah. Dude, so. I have to change my initials to JGG, Jet Glider Guy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, what else has been going on? Anything else? You been working man. on anything in your shop? Well, not really. Um, yeah, I mean, I was doing all that prep. So we got Kyle's Edge finished up prior to the Duncan event. I was the last time we did a show, I was busy working on his airplane. Yep. And uh, we got that all wrapped up. He got some flights on it. Uh, Jonathan Jennings got a, quite a few flights on it and everything checked out. It ran good, no issues. So I was super happy that, that everything worked and and he was able to get it going with the, with very little trouble. So outside of that, I've been so busy just with the, with work and with everything else going on, um, got to go fly that one time and that's it. I hadn't got to work on much at all. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, like, I guess before your audit and stuff, we had the Duncan event and I don't remember what the final pilot count was on it but we had a pretty good turnout i mean the field was, yeah, was good, full way 44 44 44, 44 yeah, pilots i don't know that that field will support a whole lot more than that so we've had it, uh it 63 air or four before hmm. um That'd be packed but there. yeah but uh i think 50 is about gonna be about perfect actually yeah. i was gonna say uh, it was it was good this year like it i don't know Something about it, the atmosphere, whatever. Uh, of course, I flew more than I usually do at events this year, but uh, it was a good one. Me too. It was a yeah. really good one. I had a good time. It was a pretty chill vibe, man. It was just yeah, it was, was very relaxed. Man, it's funny that you say that, and I'm glad you did because uh, I uh, I think there's some some folks that thought that this year was kind of lame. Um, ironically, they weren't there. Um, but uh, <laughs> their, their opinion is mute, mute. yeah, mute. yeah. Right. Well, 
either way, uh, I was talking with uh, Mike Sterling about it today, and he wanted to know, you know, kind of how the club fared uh, after the event and all that. And when we were talking about that, and uh, I told him, I said, the thing, I said, I think everybody that came had a really good time. I said, so far, I would say this has been the best year yet, uh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that is largely due to, and everybody there was just chill and having a good time there. It was the least stressful that that event has ever been. And it was, I think the most fun that I've ever had for the stress level, you know, like yeah. it was, yeah. we, everybody there was just chill, having a great time. Everybody got along. There wasn't no bickering or arguing and it was just a really good time. So, and man, coming from, I mean, seriously, if you guys have never put on something like that, or even like, even just a small club function, you know, just what it, what it takes to do that is, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And then everybody's Logistics coming up are a lot. To, right. Yeah. And then you're the one that put it on. So I got a situation I need handled. You know, you got to be that guy or whatever. And you get a lot of opinions, a lot of people, you know, yep. you, you up the odds of it being an issue. Yep. And well, and it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because you want to be diplomatic. You don't want to make anybody mad. You want everybody to have a good time, you know? And, and I'll say this year, this, uh, this particular event, I would say that's the closest we've ever come to just everybody right. had a good time. I, I didn't hear any complaining from anyone. And generally it's, you know, you're catching shit from this guy about this. You're catching shit about this guy from, you know, about this something else. And it's, yeah. it just wasn't any of that. And uh, no, no, no curmudgeons. <laughs> Yeah, no curmudgeons. Yeah. That's our yeah. that's our word of the week. Yeah. Well, old Codger was uh <laughs> last week. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a but, real uh, thing, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, I looked yeah. it up. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Clay didn't believe it was real. I said it in the sentence. He goes, "What the hell is that?" I couldn't <laughs> spell it, but I figured it out on Google and sent it to him. Like go. that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. But uh, but no, yeah, just a good one. Kind of. One of the things I saw a couple of guys that were, you know, like, oh, I heard it was lame. It's like, man, you weren't there. And it wasn't, I don't think it was lame. I mean, was it a, no, it wasn't a six. No, it wasn't a six. Thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, uh, well, man, the thing about it was, dude, I got to relax, you know, it was cool. It was like a, like a little mini vacation. Yep. And not that the other times weren't good. It was just different. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot more relaxed this year. I think, I don't know. That's how it felt for me anyway. And I think there was just generally more flying. Uh, I agree. Like that's probably the most I've ever seen Matt fly at an event. Uh, Same for Casey. I flew a tremendous amount more than I generally do at an event. Um, And I didn't get to fly as much on Friday and Saturday as I really wanted to. But uh, I flew a, a lot uh, early on, and I still got a few flights in on those days too. But um, man, just everybody flew a tremendous amount, and uh, we had a few mishaps. Uh, what was his name? Oh, uh, Joe Carter. I think he tore up a couple. Um, looking back at the pictures, uh, looks like Tony White put one in the trees out in the cedars. 
that was at uh, that Bushmaster. Yeah, he was, was trying Bushmaster. to fly on on yeah. a FPV. Yeah. So, yeah. I think hey, that speaking was the of first pictures, one yeah. Speaking of pictures, man, shout out to Dusty, dude. That guy like covers it like an event. It's great. Oh yeah, yeah. He does. I <laughs> used his. Yep. I, I like used it's his an picture. event. It was an event. Right. Well, no, but you know what I'm saying, like. He's serious. He's he's putting in the work, man. He's it, the photography stuff is really good. Yeah, yeah. And he it's, and he just comes out and he comes out and does it because he likes it. It's yeah. amazing. I appreciate that guy. So one thing that uh, with Dusty is you know how you can watch somebody's like flying improve. You know, like yes. Brian Christensen's one of those like dude from this right. time last year to this year. Holy cow, he has stepped right. it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dusty's photography skills have gotten tremendously yes. better since he started. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, man, I mean, I really, I use his pictures for any kind of flyer I do or anything like that. I used to use my own, but now I don't go take pictures because I'm a lazy bum. But <laughs> dude, it's good stuff. I can always find what I want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He got a, a really good picture. Um, so Jason Donhawk brought his kid out for the, his first boys trip event, you know, and, uh, captured the emotion. Yeah, he did. He absolutely dusty captured the, the raw emotion on uh Brayson's face. He nailed it. He nailed it, man. Yep. Those are once in a lifetime pictures, man. That's, that's good. Yep. Yeah. That kid, whenever he's like flying an XFC in, 15 years is going right. to, we're going to bring that out. It's like, did right. you remember when remember you were this? just heartbroken about <laughs> <Yeah>. big bird? <laughs> yep. yep. That kid. Yeah. That kid was in dude. He was in let's fly yeah. this. Can we fly that Sunday before we left? We can get the game bird going right. Dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they were wanting to work on the big horn and uh, yep. they didn't have a receiver that would work, but yeah. So Man, it broke. It, dude, it totally broke my heart when he came over there and he was like, Hey, Clay, dad said you can fix airplanes. He said you can take that plane home and you're going to fix it. You'll bring it back to us, right? You'll bring it back to us. You'll fix the airplane. You'll Clay, fix you Big fix Bird. That airplane. You fix Big Bird. <laughs> like, just like puppy dog eyes, tears streaming down his face and everything. Clay's like, Ah, baby. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, no, tell the kid yes. You know, whatever. Hey, it's green now. Dad bought a new yeah. one. It's, you know what I'm saying? going to come back replaced is what would happen there so here's the cool thing about that though is uh so don hockles never pushed him to be interested in airplanes right uh, that it, it's all organic like he likes it because he likes it and uh so big bird was his first mishap basically and it just yeah it it ruined him it wrecked him but it was it a good thing be, because He's told me, he's like, well, Brayson likes to crash on the simulator, right? And uh, and that's a typical kid, right? That's, right there's nothing, right? I mean. How old I'll, is this kid, like six? Six. Yeah, yeah. I think six. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, he's like, he likes to crash and, you know, and this and that. And he's, you know, wasn't really putting in the work to, to learn to fly. But he would want to go fly out at the field. Well, then crashing Big Bird, it, it's almost like that uh, – that unfortunate accident that that really right. may have sparked the fire in him because uh so he crashed and Don Hawk will calls me a few days later and he's like hey uh 
he said, I'm thinking about getting one of these apprentice trainers for Brayson. And he said, I made him a deal on the drive home from the Duncan event. He said, I made him a deal. And I told him that if he goes, if he can make, uh, get on the simulator and can make 10 consecutive landings on the runway and not crash that I would get him another airplane. And he said, that little shit has come home every day and got on the simulator for like an hour every day and practiced nonstop. You know, he's like, he's, he's putting in the work. He's like, he is serious about this. He's not just playing around no more. Like he's yeah. practicing <laughs> for practice, you know, like he's yeah. got a goal putting in the right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he said, so I'll be damned. I got to buy him an airplane. <laughs> he said, so now it's up to, to me to uphold my end well, of the deal. Well, and, and, and uh, big bird was an RV eight sixty uh, yep. that had a big bird in the, for a pilot. So what's he, what's he going to put him in next? Uh, an apprentice you think? So I need to talk to him. Um, cause, uh, he called me and he was like, what transmitter do I need to get? And, uh, you know, like help me find a, a radio that'll work with one of, with these apprentice cause he's a JR guy. Right. right. And so I told him, I said, well, man, just get the ready to fly version that comes with the little radio. Like it's nothing spectacular. It's probably a DXE or something in it. DXS. Yeah. The new version um, of it. Yeah. Okay. Right. And, uh, anyway, I told him, I was like, just get the ready to fly version. You know, I said, you're, you don't really want to mess with another spectrum radio. It's like, by the time you, you know, anyway, it's like, it's just one radio, use it for that. And then when you're done, you're done. And, so, uh, sell the whole thing as a kit when he's done with the trainer. Exactly. Well, and so he was like, he's like, oh, this is perfect. And, uh, also they were on sale for father's day. There you could go. buy the ready to fly cheaper than you could buy the bind and fly nice. during the father's day sale. So I told him about that and I think he probably ordered one. I haven't asked him or talked to him about it, but he said once they master the, the apprentice and that, uh, and Brayson has kind of, you know, like, Hey, this is something I want to do. I'm putting in the work. Um, right. He's, he's like, I'll, he'll probably get him another RV 860 after yeah. that. So. Well, that'd be cool. Good deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Those are good cool planes, man. Fun to fly. Yep. Yeah. Not apprentice. We'll keep him in there. Keep him going uh, with all of its stuff. So, well, the biggest thing is teaching him to get it up and down without yeah. breaking it. You know, right. right. Exactly. And, and the discipline that, like, hey, we can't, you know, let's get this flying in a pattern figured out. Let's get taking off and landing figured out. And then we'll work on loops and rolls. Right. <laughs> Where exactly. then we'll work on right. XA. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yep, yep. Well, man, Don Hockle taught me a lot of stuff. I would love to have Don Hockle as a dad teach me how to fly airplanes. How cool would that be? Dude, that guy pisses me off so damn much because I don't know. Like, I don't think he flies that much anymore. And, and he will take your own airplane yeah. and like show you up with it. And you're like, how the fuck are you this, that? <laughs> how are you that good at this? Right. right. <laughs> Right. Uh, you, ain't, you ain't picked up a radio all day and you're over here at school. And like, what are you doing? Yeah. He, he, as he puts it, I'm going to go put on a clinic. Yeah. That's his. <laughs> yeah. He's like, let's go put on a clinic. And I'm like, geez, I don't know that Dude. I could ever like get to that skill level. I, I honestly don't think I could. 
So uh, he was flying my Cessna, and I was like, hey, do this. And he would do it. I'm like, wow, that looks great. Hey, do this. Oh, yeah, no problem. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, it's like Jonathan grabbed my RV8. Uh, as he come up to the event? And, right. You know, he's like, he said he wanted to fly an RV8 at some point, and he really liked them and this and that. And anyway, like on Saturday, I was like, hey, dude, you, you ready to fly this RV8? He's like, sure. I'm not going to ever turn down an RV8 offer. Absolutely wrung it out. I was like, dude, I, I don't think I've seen an RV8 do that yet. Like, yeah. <laughs> That was awesome. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, I would consider him to be a world-class pilot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That guy Mm -hmm. guy flies great. He's fantastic. Well, before he went to college, he had gotten third at XFC, and then college got in the way. Right. Um, I was going to say, he's been flying longer than I thought he had been. And, yeah, he's competed in XFC. Yeah. Yeah. He, he got third in like 2016 timeframe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like I said, he, he went off to college and RC took a back burner for four years and now he's got a real job and making some money and, uh, starting to kind of get back into it a little bit more hard and heavy. And, uh, but I mean, I met Jonathan, right around that xfc time frame like i met him at uh ice house i think was the first time i had met him um maybe it may have been at texarkana i know we went to some events together years ago and i had saw him fly some several different airplanes of ty keith's and his own and just absolutely blew me away like holy cow this gets good um, way solid oh yeah way solid and uh and he's a cool dude like hanging out with him man it's just like he's your age your buddy you know yep yeah <laughs> no he's uh glad to have him back around and uh and getting back involved in the you know he'd come out to skinners and uh and then of course the duncan event and i think he's going to be at a few others with us so um uh, yeah, he's definitely one that I could stand to learn some some flying skills from. That's for sure. Absolutely. Hey, dude, come here. How yeah. do you do that? Well, I need to do that with some yeah. of the transitions he was doing between stuff. Uh, that little pinwheel move, I really like that. So I was yeah. working on that on simulator a little bit, but uh, it's a timing thing that I've got to get down. But uh, was it anyway. a pinwheel to rolling harrier? Well, it was a pin pinwheel to a harrier, and he just stopped it in a harrier. Yeah, he probably brings it in low down and then goes into a rolling harrier with it i'll just be happy with the harrier part <laughs> so <laughs> we'll stick with that first but no. uh but anyway yeah he's a good pilot first time i saw him was it the first year i went to ice house no it was the first year second year but uh, uh i saw him there i think it was the first year jace was up there too the first time i saw jace because i think okay. him and jonathan were there but when you you know they're running full throttle rifle rolls right off the runway. You know, that's just, it gets your attention real quick when you hadn't seen something like that. So, yeah. The first year I went to, uh, to ice house, I think it was Seth was flying a Mamba 70 and the Mamba 70 was pretty new. That was the first time I had seen one. 
and uh, Jonathan had his old Airworks extra 260 out there. And I believe it was, it may have been Sam Swink. Um, seems like it was Sam Swink, but they all did a flight together. And that was absolutely incredible. Uh, there was one point, it was just so simple, but badass at the same time. They were hairier, like the one kind of on the bottom and leading was inverted. And the other, so they were hairier belly to belly like just a couple feet apart and going like a, not just like one single pass down the runway, like, no, like doing this, like making figure eights and circuits and all kinds of stuff all out there over the main line. And, uh, man, to do that together in tandem, I, I was thoroughly impressed. So yeah, those, he was, they're definitely solid, solid pilots, but, uh, Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, no. Uh, what else? Uh, so we're kind of covering some of the Duncan event, but uh, yeah. So I think we've gone through that a little bit. We had uh, something new from Flex uh, that just got posted up. I think today for pre-order uh, yep. that Twin Otter. Um, so they're available for pre-order now. I still think. What are they talking? August, late August. Yeah, those? I don't remember off the top of my head. The late summer is the official. Late summer, so okay. uh, yeah. Uh, so take that to mean late August, September time frame, right? Give or take. Uh, but yeah, the Twin Otter finally out for pre-order. The way they're doing it too is kind of interesting. You put your order in, but you don't pay until uh, they actually arrive. Till, yeah, until it ships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. The uh, the, uh, the well, that's that's a risky move on my part. I might not have that money in my account when it gets here. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. That's where we yeah. gotta be kind of, you know, be uh, be honest and like if you put in a pre order, like be pretty serious and legitimate that you're gonna order it. So right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, might want to stash that money in the PayPal and uh, right. leave it there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is pre order on one of those? uh so night version is 779 yep and yeah. day is 699 i believe yeah and yeah, then the, float, the, the optional floats probably around 100 their floats are 129 129 a little more yep. than i thought actually jumped up a little bit but man i mean everything's more expensive well they're big that's a big yeah, that's a big it's a big plane that's a 90 inch wingspan so, How long is it? Like fitting in my truck just fine? Uh, hang on. Length on it is uh, 74.25. So 74 and a quarter inch. Yep. That's, uh, what's the Cessna length? I think that's about um, yeah. comparable with the Cessna. Oh, okay. Then that fits. Yeah, I can tell you. Hang on. That old Cessna's a good roadie for sure. You just leave that thing in the back of your truck, man. You're always ready to fly. Maybe if I can get it to load. There we go. Mm, ah, Cessna's only 60 inches. Oh, okay. So it's a little over a foot longer than a Cessna. Well, let's talk in feet because I can't do that conversion in my head. 60 is five feet. And the other one is six foot two. Six foot two. That's two inches too much. 
Nah, you might yep. work. Push harder. I got a I got a six foot bed that never has to be made, brother. Turn it in an angle. It'll be All fun. right, Joe Diffie. <laughs> he had an eight foot bed. Mine's smaller. <laughs> oh yeah, you true. could you could turn it in an angle. It'll fit in there. If well, you then my glider don't fit. Leave the glider at home. Gliders are gay. Dude, <laughs> you're, you're, you're totally wrong about this. Your GG yeah, just ahead. went from glider guy to gay guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, oh. I did not think this through. <laughs> he said, "Oh man." <laughs> Now, man, I mean, the government's going to force us to do it at some point. Might as well get it out of the way, right? Maybe. I mean, Bud Light is tasting good. Oh, I can't believe believe you said that out loud. No, No, he he bought some bush lights. He was telling me about them the other day. Dude, it was was even worse. They're bush light peach. Yeah. Larry said they were good. And I will tell you that it's way better than I thought it was going to be. But two is about all I can handle. (laughs) <laughs> you no. you should have been standing in jones america in oklahoma which i i don't know how to describe this to anyone unless they're from a small redneck town you know and i'm the dude wearing a polo shirt standing in line with a bunch of bunch of rednecks man they're all farmers out there and stuff and that's great i love what they do but i looked out of place especially carrying a 12 pack of bush light peach it was pretty good mm-hmm. how, how did you call it the other day mexican americans <laughs> well <laughs> well dude there's there's no this is no joke and i'm not saying all the people from where that's at are like that because it's not it's actually a fairly wealthy small town but there's some cracked out people because it's in the <laughs> middle of the country <laughs> yeah. you, you know what i'm saying this this girl I'm serious. We pull in at the same time. She pulls up the pump to get gas, and I could tell she's wearing a bathing suit. And it's one of those good from afar, but far from good situations, right? You're like, oh, dang. But the first thing that should have tipped you off, she's driving a 989 freaking Chrysler minivan, right? But you're, but you're an old dude. And you're like, she wearing a bathing suit, you know, kind of thing. You're kind of <laughs> leaning up out of the seat to see. And then you're going to be a nice guy and open up the door and let her in, dude. She smiled at me with three teeth, one in her mouth and two in her pocket. And I was like, all right. Oh, and then, uh, then she said, hey, cutie. <laughs> dude, yeah, she's like, thanks, cutie. Like in a deep freaking voice, dude. I was like, oof. Oh, bro. So, yo, dude. So, thanks, Matt, cutie. Uh, I'm not, we're not going to derail too bad, but I am going to tell you what I told Casey. Oh, Casey shit. tells me this story the other night. And I was like, dude, I said, do you not see that? Jerry's dead. Maury's retired. You're a shoe in for this. Oh, it's perfect. Dude. Hey, yeah. He's like random people talk to me. It, like, that's what he's telling me. I'm like, dude, do, do you see, like you're a shoe in for this. Like there is a hole in the market and Casey could fill that void. Yeah. Yeah. We could, man, man we could make this happen. We got oh, a YouTube dude. channel, the whole nine yards, man. See, make it See, all Casey? digital. I, dude, I already hyped him up. Our, we already planned it all out. Yep. We're going to do, do street interviews with Casey and we're his production team. Yeah. Here's my deal. I have all the equipment to do this, but I need exactly. some help. This is not something you could do by yourself. It's yeah. too much. It's too much. Not in having a normal job. If I didn't have a job, 
and I could afford to pay a couple of people, you could pull that off. But without that, you got to have production, man. That's the only we way can, that's We can works. make it happen. We can I make it happen. You. We could just right. do recordings like from events when we go into grocery stores and somebody grabs a hold of the intercom or whatever. You know, we could just Here's do interviews else. for people like that and, and right. have months worth of, worth of content. Here's something else I would like to add to this. What happened to the prank fucking phone call? Caller ID. You don't. Have, yeah. You can get around that, bro. And I promise reject. You, I don't know how. So and deny and re- refuse, you know, anonymous phone I'm, calls and that I, kind of crap. I, I'm going to state the obvious here. For a whole generation that prank phone called people, we get real pissed off about getting prank phone called by robo calls. <laughs> Absolutely. So, <laughs> you think that's karma? Yeah, Probably. absolutely. So here's a question. Have you ever done this? Like just sitting around randomly by yourself and you just type in a number in your phone and text it? No. No. Oh, yeah, just weird stuff. Like, hey, I'm at the hospital. I've had conversations with people that are texting Oh, me. dude, this is Theo Vaughn. <laughs> Theo Vaughn's carried on this whole thing. He's like, you just send a random number. It's like, dude, Randall got first place. It's like, who the fuck is Randall? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the test. I was just seeing if you had heard of that, and you have. That's what's funny. <laughs> yeah. I knew Clay was going to bust me out on this deal. I totally nah, knew it. There was a stand-up <laughs> comedian that had like a it was either text or email. It's like you know what's going on with the budget, and he's like, I don't know. What are you doing with the budget? Well, Randy was supposed to have the budget done. He's like, well, now I'm invested. I got to right. know who Randy is. And they go back and forth. Yep. It was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. No, that's solid. That's a good stuff. And they all get on happy. a conference call. And he's like, I'm not even supposed to be here. <laughs> really, yeah, man? I just want to. Dude, Matt and Clay both can, like, you know, back me up on this, dude. I'm an amazing prank phone call. Yeah. Yeah, because you can keep a straight face. Right. I keep a straight face, go through all of them. I can't do it. Dude, I was getting yelled at on the phone today by a guy because man, my had his car for two weeks and he just he was getting irate. I just kind of had to shut him down. I was like, "Yes, sir, we have had your car for two weeks." And I was like, "And if I remember correctly, when you dropped this car off, one of the reasons for choosing us is because we weren't three months out." Right. Shut him down. Just shut him down. So I'm used to dealing with stuff on the phone, no problem. Yeah. Well, we've got plans for him. So that's a, we do have something in the works here, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a plan. We're going to do it this summer. Yeah. We got to work on this. Oh yeah. Summer 2023. You know, we have a trip coming up July 1st up there. We need to make something happen with that. Dude. Anyway. So August 13th, we might could do some of this too. Oh my okay. gosh. Okay. Oh wait, you're going to Vegas. Oh, damn it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to miss that one. Got it. That's all right. Yeah. I already cleared That's it with okay. the wife. Y'all can show up in Vegas. It'd be all right. <laughs> I don't already you. cleared it with the wife. Yeah. She was like, she was like, I'll take a nap that night. It's okay. Uh, Dude, I, I guarantee don't. you we'll walk into the buffet and Matt's like, oh, what are you guys doing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll be like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna yeah. Be Do they have a... Oh. Uh, What's the little, what do they call the wedding things out there? The wedding chapels. They have like divorce chapels in Vegas where you can probably have a drive through one. Yeah. I would imagine they have drive through divorces out there because, yeah. uh, 
you're probably going to need one no. of those after we show up in right. Vegas. No, <laughs> right? No, I ain't doing that. Ever been divorced <laughs> by Elvis? Yeah. It's coming. Yeah, it's right next door to the White Chapel. I got married in probably. Oh, <laughs> next stop over. Uh, but yeah no it was funny because i was talking to her about that the other day and i'm like man i'm gonna miss this trip because we're going to vegas she's like oh well <laughs> so I told them they could all just show up in vegas she goes well okay <laughs> i was like no <laughs> like i would disappear for two or three days i, I don't know bad. if i need to go to nevada again and I'll just I'm, tell you right now, I, I'm scared to pre-order a plane if the money's going to come out later. So you're going to have to get this plane fixed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, we'll have to figure something out on that. Yeah, I hate that I'm going to miss that, but it is what it is. It'll be okay. Maybe next year. We'll we'll tell you all the stories, and you'll feel horrible. And it'll be I'm fun. sure. Well, just you know, shoot me pictures and messenger to be great. Yeah. No, man. Sorry. If you're not there, you're not there. Oh, yeah, that's true. Probably doesn't need to be any evidence. Most of it. Absolutely not. For what we have planned. Absolutely not. Yeah. I believe that. But anyway, well, we had a main topic. We've been on the phone for, we only like an hour. We started recording, uh, just over an hour and a half ago. Yeah. We're we're right at about an hour and a half in. So So I'll get us back on. Oh, you want to get get us back on the rails? Man, I don't know. Are you, you talking about those Greek sandwiches? Is that what we're talking about? Well, maybe. Oh, yeah, those are great, man. The sandwich. It's like Greek sandwiches. Like eight, is it what what's the ratio on that? Isn't it like 80% beef and 20% lamb or something like that? Uh here, here you can get ratio. it with beef. You can get it lamb, you can get, but they're all just one meat. I don't know. Yeah, it's that sauce that. they put in it that makes it good, though. Dude, tzatziki it sauce. Yeah, dude, it's cute. It's cucumber yogurt sauce. I, I'm gonna admit, I don't know that I've ever had a proper gyro. Well, I think it's pronounced. I think it's pronounced gyro. Well, is in it? our context, it is. Uh, otherwise, yeah. I think it's a gyro. But you know, hey, man, you got um, one of them damn gyros, dude. That's what we should do. We should go to like a like a official like Greek restaurant. Hey there, Porpovoro, uh, you got one of them there gyros and just <laughs> yeah. start fucking with them. There's a really good one right here on camp, <laughs> right down the road yeah. from the house. Hey, amigo, El Salso. Yeah, no <laughs> Dude's like, my name's Rick. You want ketchup with your fries? <laughs> Shit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we were going to go. Talk about gyros a little bit, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, like the kind that you know go in an airplane. But, uh, but yeah, we were gonna just talk about you know some people I know the old curmudgeons. There you go, and you get to use that word uh, that run around that uh, you know they're just anti-gyro, and and I mean even to the point of anti-expo uh, to an extent. I've heard that one before too, and. Uh, I just wonder if they don't know what the pros and cons are of using them or maybe they've just never given it a shot. Uh, but, uh, to me, if it helps you enjoy the hobby that much more then why not, and right. why not take advantage of the technology, and all of the stuff that's out now? Uh, I mean, I don't 
drive around. You know, so, somebody else was talking about taking them out. I just take it out. I'm like, well, when you buy a new car, do you take out the power steering and the power brakes? Because you don't need those. Right. You know, right. I mean, you, you can do without it. Fly it like a man, you know, <laughs> drive it like a man. Yeah. You don't need those stuff, but you don't. And so, uh, you know, Clay and I have talked about this quite a bit. And I know Casey and I talked about it the other night too, of, of why I like using one, um, and the benefits of it. But, uh, but anyway, we can kind of go from there, but I've started, I, I've got an aura and everything I fly. Um, and a lot of times it's turned down. The gains are turned down to where it's barely noticeable, uh, sometimes more than others. Um, but uh, I know uh, Casey liked the setup idea of it, and well, we've gone into a few for, different things. So, yeah, it's for consistency, man. I mean, so you create a model in your radio, right? That's going to have the switches where you want them. You know, you need a, a, a mode switch, basically. You got flaps, you need a flap switch, and you got an engine kill, right? So, that's going to be the same across all your models. <clears throat> so, you just copy that model bind it to another receiver and build your programming in the aura. I can sit there on a laptop and set up all my aircraft, you know, like, you know, you mechanically set it up and then you're able to go through and program everything. So when you're like my glider, for instance, I wanted crow, I wanted full span ailerons and I wanted a, a low mode, you know, where it's just regular how the plane is. Right. <clears throat> so I just built a full house glider on the computer and it, dude, Elevator compensation for flaps, everything in a lot less time than I would doing it in the radio. So well, for especially me, in your case, gets, with open right, and, it, and stuff having to reset that up, yeah. Right. It, I mean, for me, it's consistency. I can so every plane I fly has got the same amount of expo, which I know airframes kind of differ a little bit, but that's a really good starting point to kind of fine-tune your stuff. You know, things like that. Now, the one thing I had noticed on the glider that I've got an aura in, um, kind of like you were talking about on the jets, you know, that um, it just, it's, it's good till it's not. And with that gyro in there, it kind of gives you a false sense of security. And right. when it, when it does happen, you know, like a stall or something like that, um, you're, you're really kind of at a bad point because the plane is not able to control it. You know, you're going to have to pull it out of it, but it's one of those deals that it get, it's too soft. Or it, it, it falls out and you're not ready for it to fall out because it's so stable everywhere else. So in a glider, I really like to turn the gains down a lot, Yeah, you know, because you get it too slow and it just drops on the air, you know, but it feels so awesome till it does. And it doesn't, the plane's not giving you the feedback to know what to do. So I like well, turning the gyros down a lot on a glider, but other than that, everything yeah. else they've been great. And it's like, we were talking earlier about the 60 inch, airframes and you know where they were back in the day and where they are now it's like i have one in a 60 inch ng that i fly all the time and i can turn it off that that airframe's right real good i mean it's stable it will hold it doesn't tip stall it doesn't have any bad characteristics or anything like that but if it's if you have a crosswind or just a buffeting wind across the field or anything like that it takes that out like it, it right. does not impact it nearly as much when you have that now have i flown with it off oh yeah i fly with the gyro off all the time but all of my expo my dual rates everything is still in the aura that's all still active in the aura right um, which 
leads into something else that Clay had a conversation, uh, you know, earlier this week uh, about that part of it. And I'll let him go into that here in a minute, but, and just, you have everything set in there and you can turn that, turn it off. And, you know, like I said, it, it doesn't necessarily uh, correct weaknesses in a bad airframe, but it, you know, just for lightweight models like that, it makes it so much more enjoyable in a wind. And we always, there's always wind here. Um, right. It, you know, yeah. It makes a non-enjoyable day enjoyable. Yeah. And I, I've had a buddy that had a 52 inch, I think, I think it was a precision aerobatics that he was just fighting like crazy, even on a light day was just fighting it. It didn't want to land. It didn't like it. It was, you know, he was just afraid of it and they're built extremely lightweight. Uh, they're pretty fragile. And I told him, I said, well, let's just try an aura in it and just see how it does. Oh, dude, it was night and day different. Night and day different. Yeah. He goes, I can land now. I can fly it now. I can enjoy it now. And, you know, you just don't get that with, uh, you know, that type of model when you have the wind that we do here. So, right. But anyway, yeah, I'm a fan. Well, and, and what, uh, Matt is referring to was, uh, <laughs> last night I talked to Kike for about around 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it was. And he and I got talking about it and he said, one of the things, uh, kind of the way he approaches it is he, he wants to build really light wing loading airplanes that, uh, that, you know, fly incredibly well, land easy, uh, and those sort of things. He said, and then you develop with the super plug and play, you put the aura in it. And he said, what the aura truly offers is an airplane that is fully set up by someone with years of experience setting up airplanes. And he, he pointed out something that I never really considered fully. And it's what Matt said about the expos, the rates, uh, the mixes. So you take like a plug and play airplane and all of that stuff is figured out for you. And so the gyro, and this is his words, you know, the gyro is just kind of the last piece of that. You know, he's like, it's it's part of it but it's not the most important part of it you know a lot of the most important part is the setup and getting everything tuned just right um to make it fly really well yeah it's the mixing yeah that the mixing the rates the expo figuring out where the cg needs to be you know designing the airplane to be lightweight uh it was a multitude of things that make them you know a very very fun airplane to fly right Uh, and you know a lot of places in the country are very windy there's certainly some places that aren't and uh you know um be thankful that you're one of those guys if you live in an area (laughs) where it blows less than 10 miles per hour regularly be thankful um for those of us out here it's it's a lot windier and and man it's just it beats you around. And if yeah. you want to enjoy the smaller, lighter weight airplanes that you can haul in the back of your Honda or Chevy Colorado, or, you know, in the back seat of a pickup, you know, you don't get many good wind days out here for that size airplane. Right. Um, 
Well, and even going into like my 120 CC plane, you know, I changed stuff out in it and I had an aura eight pro that was sitting here doing nothing. And I'm like, I give it a shot. dude. I'm more comfortable in that plane than I've ever been. And whether, you know, that airframe like is arguably one of the best, best on the market. And it, it's not that it made it better all the way around, but for me, it did. I mean, it made it, I'm more comfortable with it. Um, I feel more locked in with it. Um, whether those small corrections or what do it or whether it's in my head, uh, it just, you know, I can hold that thing in a hover, which I never would have done before. Uh, I mean, I just enjoy it more. And when you have that kind of money wrapped up in an airframe like that, and you just are stressed out flying it all the time because you're afraid of what might happen to it, I guess disconnecting my wallet from it, you know, is a little bit difficult. And I'm sure that's true for a lot of people. Uh, That helped me, you know, it made me a lot more comfortable with it. And now I enjoy flying it. Um, I don't fly it enough, but I just enjoy it a whole lot more than I did before. And to me, that's what's important. If I'm enjoying the hobby, then I don't really care how you feel about it. But Right. And I heard confidence. You know what I'm saying? It does. It helps you out, man. Yep. You know, and, and I've heard a lot of people say, you know, well, it, it makes guys look better than they actually are. And, uh, that's possible. I'm not going to say that that's totally untrue. Um, it definitely makes me look better, (laughs) but there's also some level of, if it's, there's a level of confidence that comes into play there because you're more confident in your equipment and you're more confident that you're not going to wipe it out. You tend to push things a little bit better, a little bit more. Definitely. So, so that could be part of it too. It's that, yeah, it makes me a better pilot, but not necessarily because it's doing all of the work for me. It just makes me more assured in my ability. Well, exactly. And like I said, I can throw that into a hover and people want to say, Oh, it's all all the gyro. It's not a heading hold gyro. It it is not going to hold that plane there. I promise you no. still have to fly it. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's just something, a myth that needs to be squashed. And it's like, yes, you, there are some that will do that. And aura is not one of those. Uh, but you know, that's just not the case with, uh, most of the, most of the gyros on the market. They're just not being used for something like that. So, uh, that is not what's assisting it. it you know, and these guys are doing rolling harriers and the, and, and that kind of stuff, it has nothing, you know, they're not being assisted by that. Well, you know, and I, I want to point out the obvious and I feel like we're, we, yeah, I don't even want to go down that road, but <laughs> I do want to point out something here. And, uh, and what I want to point out is that I would say less than probably 5% of model aviators compete, you know, in IMAC freestyle, you name it. And, uh, in in a level of competition that doesn't allow gyros, let me say that too. Um, less than 5% of modelers do that. And so largely the hobby RC hobby around the world is guys just having fun, you know, there are guys just like us that have real jobs that have other things in life going on. Like we started this show out with, you know, Matt 
he works with audits. I deal with audits. I deal with lawn care at my house, <laughs> Matt, you know, Casey's got a family, you know, he's got kids. We all have real things going on. We realistically cannot put in the work and the time that it takes to be an extremely skilled competitive pilot. No, it's not going to happen. Not at all. It's not nope. in the cards for us. So if I can buy a relatively inexpensive device that makes me go, lets me go out on a Saturday or a Sunday and have more fun and enjoy the, the thing that I chose to be a hobby, it lets me enjoy it more. What's wrong with that? Yeah, exactly. Yep. What, what's wrong with taking advantage of the technology available? You know, uh, I, I've literally, I've heard guys say, I don't fly my airplanes at the expo because I want to feel how the plane flies. And I'm like, okay, great. You know, Christopher Columbus, why don't you hop back in <laughs> your, your little sailboat and go home? Because I don't want to hear it. Like, who cares? Are you a manly or man because you fly without expo? Yeah. I, I, I exactly. Know. I'm kind of with Matt on this in that yep. regard. Um, yeah, if I you're competing, you know, if that's your thing, by all means, do what you got to do. Well, man, um, I will tell you this. So I fly most of the time I go flying is with a certain individual that is an older gentleman that is super pattern flyer guy. Right. And I know Clay has seen this guy fly. He makes amazing lines. He's just as solid as they come. And he gave me a hard time about gyros when I started freaking, you know, started flying a little bit and I would let him fly some of my planes. He goes, this flies really good. He goes, I can absolutely tell it's got a gyro in it, but it flies really good. He, and my comment was like, dude, it's like making it fly like a perfectly trimmed aircraft without all the work. And that kind of made him mad because he's an old guy, dude. He, I mean, they had to put in work to do this stuff. I totally get that. And over time, you know, like the other day, I was talking about setting up that glider. And I was like, well, here's the deal. Consistency is the key to everything, right? And he's like, yeah. Like, if you don't do things consistently, you're going to get mixed results. So as consistent as you can keep it, the better off you're going to be. So with this device, I can keep consistently across models, you know, and then modify from there to fine tune it. Right. And he goes, yeah, there's no problem with that. If, I mean, he goes, if that's the easiest way to, he's like, that makes a lot of sense. Now him, he's not a computer savvy dude, you know, where right. I'm, I am. And dude, I mean, setting this up is very similar to doing a setup on a racing drum. Very similar, you know, uh, you have fine tune adjustments for things that you want that in a radio I can do, but it's like going, okay, back menu, this, that, the other, I got it all on a screen where I can just click on it. Right. It makes it so much easier and, and consistent, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And I don't want it, you know, if Jason were here, we could touch on the jet part of it and the necessity of them there, you know, not even talking about that or helicopters that, you know, have a fly barless in them that is all gyro, you know, these yeah. are, even the word gyro like just because of the negative connotation it seems to have it's like it's a flight stabilization is what it is and right just like i said if it makes you enjoy the hobby more then more power to you well you you touched on helicopters and matt flew helicopters years ago when they were fly barred yeah and uh you know and i'm gonna bring up a, a buddy of ours uh He's a lot closer to Matt, obviously, but uh, uh, 
man, I can picture the guy. One in my mind just go blank on his name. Uh, your cop buddy in Wichita oh, Falls. Cody. Uh, Cody. Yeah, Cody uh, McBride. Yeah. Um, He's the one who had I'm, that precision aerobatics plane that we were working on. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. And seeing, I met Cody just here in the last couple of years, and uh, he just kind of got back into flying, what, two, three years ago? Mm, yeah. And I remember you saying that he stopped by there one day, saw you flying a helicopter, and you were like, dude, you should get back into flying helicopters. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. Mm. And I think you told him, like, it's not the same. It's yeah. so much better than it used to be. Well, And the difference was they're fly barless fly now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely because we were flying T-Rex 450s. Like me and his dad, you know, we flew T-Rex 450s back in fly bar days. And you had you know, a 3G gyro or 3GX or whatever it was. And, and I mean, it is not the same. It is much, uh, I don't want to say easier, but it is like, um, they're much more stable and much more locked in and much easier to get into that position and hover and all that kind of stuff where before, like, I know guys that spent a year and a half and all they could do is hover. You know, if I could do circuits up and down the runway, uh, I was doing great, but I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't hardly do figure eights back then. And now it's like, I can set the rotor head inverted on the runway and Mm -hmm. you just couldn't do that kind of stuff before, but exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just come so far in the last 10 years. It's crazy. Yep. And you know, Cody's back enjoying the hobby now yep. because of that, because of fly barless units. And, uh, and that right there to me, that's proof in the pudding that, uh, you know, here's a guy that went through it and just kind of, you know, got burned out. And then this technology come along, made it more enjoyable. And now he's back into it and he's having a good time. And, uh, you know, if somebody, if it, if that's what it does for someone, where what's the harm right well yeah and, well, and fly barless units yeah. well and fly barless units have been a hundred percent accepted you know oh, yeah um, right they're a hundred percent accepted nowadays and uh you know like i said in the competition world imac freestyle i get it it's not allowed fine uh yep. you know but warbird contest they allow them uh, all your scale stuff like top gun they're allowed in those categories. Well, I think I think uh, that sector benefits from it more than any other sector. Probably. To be That's why if Jason were here, let him, you know, let him speak to a little more of the scale jets and that kind of thing. Yep. And, and they're definitely more accepted in the jet market, I would say. Uh, right. It, and you're right. Like we need Jason to talk about the Cortex. We're, and we're talking about the Aura because that's what we're most familiar with. Right. Um, and Matt's pretty familiar with like the brains and the icons and the helis, I can somewhat fly those. Um, but I have, I rely on Matt to be able to set them up. (laughs) So I'm not a good, I'm not a good, uh, uh, reference for those, but, um, you know, so I feel like we've kind of been singling out the aura a lot. Um, but that's just because that's what we're familiar with. Well, and I think it's uh, yeah. the popularity of it. You know, AR has their flight stabilization out, Cortex, uh, Bavarian Demon Cortex. You know, that's more jet stuff. Uh, 
it has generally some, speaking yeah it has right. some functionality in it that you know is more tuned towards the jets but there are people that running running auras and jets too uh yeah. but uh, man the hobby is just too small it's too small as it is uh yep. to to be so negative towards something that allows people to come in. I mean, if you were that way right. towards like the apprentice that we were talking about earlier that has safe and it has bank limitations in it and all that kind of stuff, like what do you think that is? That's it's the exact same thing. You know, they're right. just utilizing it for that. And and but it allows somebody new to get off the ground without, you know, maybe if they don't have help or something there that's uh, to hold their hand and teach them all that kind of stuff, at least get some airborne and get some into the hobby, you know? Right. Well, man, and this reminds me of like growing up. So I grew up working on cars and working in a shop and everything like that. And these old curmudgeons, as Matt would say, <laughs> you know, they didn't really want to teach you anything because they were afraid you're going to take their job. Right. Yeah. So it's one of those deals that, you know, you kind of had to learn on your own and, and dude, you, you screwed up a bunch of stuff. You had to work hard at it and everything like that. That's what I would say like these gyros are. If you put in the time to learn how to set these up, you're, you're not going to, you're going to love it. It's going to be amazing because it's easier to set up. It's easier to make stuff fly great and feel good, yeah. you know? Well, yeah. And, and, and uh, su success makes you happy. And if you know how to set this stuff up and you mess with it, it's very successful and it'll make you very happy. So Ben Fisher told me something one time that's kind of stuck with me. And I think it applies in this situation. Uh, he said at the end of the day, the manufacturers are not truly competing against each other. And I thought, okay, go, you know, keep going. And he said, RC manufacturers are actually competing with, xbox playstation netflix uh side by sides things like that and i'm like okay he said what's your he said think about this he said you have your your job you make x number of dollars and that money is spent to your cost of living you know your necessities and he said and then you have your discretionary he said your extra discretionary money that you have the least amount to spend on hobbies. He said, what you choose to spend those on, that's what we're competing for. We're competing for that little fraction of what people have left over after necessities. Right. And he said, and we're competing against boats, fishing, cybersides, hunting, uh, PlayStations, video games, and all those things. He said, you're trying to, the RC market is trying to capture somebody's interest in a hobby and he said so at the end of the day that's why the hobby market is so small and he said you have to be fully welcoming to everyone just with our society and the way people are today and this is not a dig at our society but we are an instant gratification society um oh, i yeah, think definitely. all of us are certainly in that category we can't yep arfs would not be arfs they wouldn't exist without this so with all that being said if you can bring someone into the hobby and 
put them onto an e-flight apprentice that yes it has a cheater box in it whatever we want to call it but now they're enjoying our hobby with us and they're putting money into this hobby that we all ultimately enjoy together and let's just say for instance they we go back 30 years ago and they have to go to a hobby shop and buy a kit and build a kit and spend six eight months building it and they get this wrong they they don't get the incidents right and they don't know no better they go out and crash it do you think that we're going to keep those people interested and involved in today's world and society with all the different things that model aviation is competing against no they're going to go buy a side by side and they're going to go have fun right or they're going to go buy a boat and go to the lake and have fun so that's what we need to think about man i i swear i just teared up a little bit that was well i mean that was that was so awesome it was more american than the freaking statue of liberty (laughs) giving a bald eagle a hand job (laughs) that was fucking okay so made it weird yeah and i was like okay (laughs) reindeer reindeer um but i mean you're right that's exactly it the hobby is too small it's too small and if that brings people in then we all benefit from that uh, because it allows all these manufacturers to continue it allows them to grow and it just snowballs from there so yep. anyway my soapbox for the day <laughs> so gyros are not just a greek sandwich <laughs> not just not just a greek sandwich that's right yeah. But and we well, may touch back on this when we got Jason here and we can talk about the difference between maybe the aura and the cortex. I don't know how much he's used an aura, but you know, he can definitely tell us about the cortex. I know he's really familiar with those. So well then we've all flown AS3X. I would say majority of our listeners have flown an AS3X equipped aircraft at some point in time. Um you know, that's we know that's a spectrum only product. Um, whereas, you know, that's one thing that Cortex offers or offers, uh, I believe a lot of the other ones, it, AR, it's not specific to, uh, one brand of transmitter. Right. I don't believe, no. um, I haven't looked into those much, but no, they're not. Uh, uh, and doesn't Powerbox offer one too? Like, with uh, their system? yes, they do. They do. They have a flight stabilization that's in, yes, they do. Part of the um, it's, yeah, the power box core. Yeah, they they built it a lot for again the jet market and stuff uh that they kind of cater to, but it's same same kind of thing, just like a Cortex Pro. Oh uh Jetty has one too, Jetty Assist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of them out there, and uh these manufacturers aren't making this because nobody's buying it. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, man, <laughs> you know? and and here's my point too. So what does like an Aura 5 cost? Like the flight test one or, or just the Aura 5? It was like 40 or 50 bucks. I think they're okay. like, I mean, I can, dude, I'll they're tell you here real quick. cheap. The Aura 5. So, so here's, here's my challenge here. If you've been flying, airplane, yeah. Yeah, if you've okay, been flying airplanes at all, you've got a five channel airplane. Spend 50 bucks or whatever it costs. Get one and try it out. Yep. So that was actually one of the other things. I'm glad you said that, Casey. One of the other big points that uh, Kike brought up was that you take the Aura with its capability of programming, uh, like Matt and, and you have both mentioned with the mixing 
uh, with the, the, like the, be able to set up a full house glider with crow right. and live wing and flaps and do all these things. Um, that traditionally required a relatively expensive radio. Now, right. granted, Free Skies kind of ruined that a little bit. <laughs> right. But yeah. Why do you got to call me tra- out like that? Traditionally, that was like if you owned a Spectrum or a Futaba uh, or JR, to be able to do that, uh, traditionally, you had to have a pretty expensive radio. Right. Um, and now you take an Aura 5 or Aura 8, you know, just a generic Aura 8, you can have a $300 radio that has the programmability of a thousand dollar radio. Right. And so now you've opened it, you know, like now your, your standard eight channel transmitter, like a spectrum DX eight, that'll run you about 300 bucks, uh, you know, or what's like a Futaba, uh, like an eight FG or something. Yeah. Well, Well, those are, well, and I was thinking even like Matt said, like the, the, the eight FG or something or or the six K. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway. Um, you know, and, uh, lower cost of entry and you can get into it and you can hop on the FMS website, order this airplane and you (laughs) don't have to have no crazy transmitter to get set up and going. Well, dude, Clay, me and you set up a 72 megahertz radio, put an FR Sky <laughs> module in it, ran an S bus into an Aura and was flying with stuff from the freaking, when was that? 80s? Uh, that particular <laughs> one, I think, was in the 80s, yeah. Okay, um, and we're, and dude, we did it and it was successful. Yeah. Granted, that's a very special case scenario, but you're <laughs> not wrong. Right. Well, I'm just telling you that, I mean, we took a basically analog radio and hooked it all up to an aura done. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely all analog. Yep. <laughs> there ain't nothing digital about that except right. the module, I guess. But now does it work as good as modern technology? Absolutely not. But does it work? Yes, it does. Yeah. It's and certainly it worked, a novelty, it worked but very it did well. Work. It is, yeah. It's good. Yeah, but yeah, like you said, you can take, you know, like if we talk about 6K is like 280, they have a 12K out too that's a little over 400, but then you can take a radio like that and you have all the capability within the Aura to do all of your mixing. Like you said, live wing, flaps, crow, uh, whatever uh, with it. Um, Yeah. So that's a good point. Yeah. And think about that. Yeah. Well, and like I said, Free Sky is kind of, they kind of ruined it to be honest in a way because now you can go buy you know a tyrannus for what's a tyrannus run like 150 bucks if that i learned um, a little more than that are they okay uh, about well, 189 um, the x18 is like 279 or something right well, i was gonna say they're, they're most cheap. expensive radio is like 450 right now yeah, till yeah. the till the twenty pro comes out and they want a thousand dollars for it. But anyway, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. It's just because it's a we're a sidetrack here, but the whole top is one piece of machined aluminum, and it's got an actual carbon fiber inlay in it, some stuff like that. It's going to be a thousand dollar radio, but yeah, it's no different. It's no different than their regular X twenty S, but uh, otherwise functionality wise and all that stuff, which is like four. Less than five hundred dollars, four seventy nine or something like that. So, 
Well, man, I would be interested to see the reception on that because the traditional free sky market is mm-hmm. going to, their heads are going to explode. Yep. They're cheap bastards. They're just like me. I'm, dude, I'm <laughs> rocking an X9. I'm rocking an X9D from eight years ago. For the record, but I, I didn't call him a cheap bastard, but you know, I, I am a Casey. Da- send I'm, complaints I'm, to Casey Davis. At... I'm a, I'm a, fr- no, I'm not saying anybody else. I'm <laughs> the I wasn't on anybody else. Oh, he, he's dude, not I, digging I, at him because he is, he is one, one of them. Yeah. I am one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't yeah. just wear this jacket because I'm in a club. I'm a member. <laughs> yeah. No, Casey's brought this up before. Yeah. Uh, you know, in that uh, some of the traditional. F- Free Sky users were pissed about uh, it going from open source to a yeah. closed source deal. Yeah. What, what do they call ethos. it? Ethos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ethos. Yeah. Yeah. And like, dude, if they break their their roots and they go from a what I would consider a very inexpensive radio to now like kind of on board with everybody else having that thousand dollar radio, yeah, these people are going to be pissed. They're like, no, well, no, we're not buying it. And they have it out there. But like I said, the regular version of that is like 456, 460 bucks. You know, the 18 that I have is 400 bucks. You know, it's, well, I will tell you right now, just like your diehard Catawba guys, your Chetty guys, your JR guys, or whatever, you're going to stick with what you feel comfortable with. Me as yeah. an FR Sky guy. And you know, I hit the lottery or something. I might buy a thousand dollar FR Sky radio. <laughs> well, so you here's know? the thought process that I've got: is your traditional Free Sky users are not going to be receptive to this because they are of the mindset that, like, no, we supported you when you were cheap, and nobody wanted to use you. <laughs> and now, all you airplane guys coming here, you ruined it, and you're going to drive the price of these transmitters up and it's the damn jet guys <laughs> ruining the hobby exactly because that's those damn yeah. jet guys got into here are bringing and started using free sky and yeah. now free sky <laughs> thinks we can charge the same prices <laughs> and then the flip side of that is now you've got all the guys that were uh turn their nose up at them because well you know you get what you pay for yeah well now we've got a thousand dollar radio that's actually a 480 dollar radio with a little bit of lipstick on it <laughs> and they're gonna be like well you know hey that's pretty good radio it's Get what you pay for. Yep. <laughs> so. With the exact same guts and electronics as a four hundred dollar radio. But anyway, whatever. Uh, just church it up a little bit. Dude, it's well, funny. I bet it works to for, some level. For some. There's been a lot of hype around it. And, yep. and oh yeah, they'll they'll sell some of them, but I think they can only make like twenty a month or something. I mean, it's their capabilities, it's uh to produce them is gonna be low. So the the uh volume of them coming out is going to be low too it's going to be pretty limited and and i think that was the whole setup is they knew that their their audience really wasn't that but they wanted to do something cool that was a one-off and kind of you know higher end and the look and fit and finish and that kind of thing and that's what they were going for but well man and here's at the end of the day they still sell a radio that is very affordable exactly. that's that's very you know capable they sell a lot you know? of <laughs> so, yeah. several different models that are yeah completely yeah. capable. And man, like so, you can get online and buy upgrades for all kinds of stuff, like hall sensor gimbals, stuff like that, which I've done to my radio. All yeah, kinds of stuff. There's a lot. It, 
it's kind of like a, you know, like the Jeep is the most modified and aftermarket accessory available vehicle that's ever been made. You know, um, it, it's the Swiss Army knife for radios for for a very right. inexpensive price. So the only Tyrannus that is available today, uh, well, sorry, there is two. The Tyrannus X9 Lite S, which is the traditional case Tyrannus that I remember. Looks like it's a, actually it's, it's actually a, smaller. Oh, is like, it? Looks like a Spectrum it, yeah. DX7 case. That's that's like smaller uh, than my X. That's smaller than my X9D. It, it was actually a, a JR9503. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That like that they come out of the same mold as the ninety five yeah, three. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a hundred and sixteen dollars. Yep. Yep. And the Tyrannus X9 Lite, uh, which is um though they have the light S is one sixteen and then the just the light, it's under a hundred bucks at ninety three dollars. Yeah. Yep. That's incredible. And which that's on open TX, but you know, like even like you get into ethos, the most expensive one is 610 bucks and it's the tray radio. Yeah. And see, but this is a perfect example too, of getting more people into the hobby because they went to ethos, you know, with everybody in that was open source, that was bitching and complaining about whenever they closed it off like this and they took all this stuff they had developed from all the people that were working on the open source stuff and they kind of put it into ethos to an extent and they built it into a user interface that was much more friendly than programming or doing something in open tx and that's, that's you just path. you just opened your customer base way up um to all these other people i mean that was the whole reason i got into it is because now they had ethos and I don't have to learn how to program that gun thing. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's no, it's the same thing we've been talking about. It's like, if it makes the, makes it more enjoyable, then so be it. Now you have a cost effective radio. That's easy to get into. It's way more capable than I am of doing, you know, who knows what. And I mean, that it'll do stuff. I'll probably never use or never utilize. I mean, it's got way more power than I'm ever going to need as far as mixes and, and just its functionality uh, and all of that. I mean, it just, uh, I really like the radio, but my whole point is, is like they built their user interface to be more customer friendly and it brought in a way larger customer base. So what I was going on with the money, with the cost of it though, Mm-hmm. is do you agree that that expensive radio might bring in people that otherwise would have overlooked free sky because free sky was too cheap absolutely yep absolutely it'll bring in the people that are looking at an 18 mz you know, and it, stuff it, like it's that. it's funny how that kind of stuff happens but i i am a believer that that's yeah. how this will go yeah and man another question to that so how many other radios do dual broadcast like i know jetty, jetty. does jetty. two four 900 megahertz and then fr sky does both of those anybody uh, else does power box maybe um oh, man i sat in on one of their seminars and we didn't talk about we touched on their core radio and some stuff but i don't remember i'd have to go look i don't want to tell anybody i'll go look it up and i'll keep going yeah i'm, I'm looking too i don't 
I don't remember on Powerbox, but I do know JR, Futaba, Spectrum do not. Right. Um, Which I don't know how super beneficial that is for the way that we fly, but an extra link in there that could, like if you had some kind of interference or something like that, that could save the plane safety-wise and everything like that, sounds like a good idea. Well, yeah, I can tell you here it is because we have a spot and we've talked about this before too. There's a spot in our field here on the Northeast corner that if you hit that, I don't care what you're flying, even my FR sky still, you get a a VFR low warning. And, uh, I, I got it on a two, four and not the 900. So that 900 backup, you know, kept me in communication, locked in with the, with the model, uh, even though it was just a split second, we have this one spot that gets glitched, and I don't know if it's a 5G antenna or what's going on over there, but uh, every radio system that I know that's flown out there has gotten hit in the same spot with it. And oh, yeah. uh, and we still, like I said, it, it got hit on FR Sky, but my it was on the 2.4 and not the 900. Um, so there is that. Um, well, yeah, and I've experienced the spot that Matt's exactly. talking about. And uh, I tell you what, you want to pucker up your butthole, put a five thousand dollar airplane out there, and let it not respond, and you will immediately be like, "Yep, I'm never flying here again." <laughs> and you know, I flew Spectrum for a long time, and it was always the Futaba guys were the worst, uh, which is ironic that I fly Futaba now. But the Futaba guys were by far the worst. Like, ah. Uh, wrecked them you know it's gonna wreck your plane and all and dude i experienced it with futaba out there and it scared the crap out of me yeah um Um, so looking at the power box setup uh looking at the core radio and everything it has i believe it is strictly 2.4 based on what i can find the radio links based on extremely effective frequency it's a frequency hopping process in 2.4 where they may, may have a little bit more technology in it as far as their frequency hopping and their um as far as it being a secure link or whatever you want to call it but uh i don't know that it's much different than what futaba does with theirs but uh you know it is a i know they have a solid link to them uh they're making good stuff but it's uh what what i'm seeing here that stands out uh is it's 26 full Mm -hmm. 26 channels of full 4096 step resolution yeah so to have that many channels full resolution that actually does stand out uh because spectrum even like the 18 the 20s all the still only 10 channels of full resolution well and i don't know if they've up to, opened up their bandwidth or what but like underneath that it says up to 800 telemetry values per second that's got to eat up a ton of bandwidth uh so i don't know what they've done with their connection link because i know like free sky uses their 900 megahertz for their telemetry stuff too and uh so they have it on a separate frequency from the two four uh but anyway yeah right a lot of data there yeah and um, at a 10 millisecond frame rate too and if you really want to go down the rabbit hole start looking at the differences between like srxl srxl2 S bus, S bus two, and like how those things different, yeah. some different data packets. Yep. Um, yeah, so. chlorophyll 
more like Boraville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're kind of, we kind of got off, <laughs> off track about the gyro part of it, but you know, it all, so it all comes down to the same thing. If it lets you enjoy the hobby more, yep. then more power to you. I just don't. And basically what Matt just said was like, do what you like, man. Yes. Screw everybody that tells you what you're doing. Why does it or matter? You need to, to try this or not try that. Just do what you do and love why, it, man. Why does it matter to all the curmudgeons? Mm-hmm. Like, just because you don't know how to turn my radio on doesn't mean it doesn't work yep. right. Dude, Joe Dirt <laughs> said it best. It's like, all right, man, you like to see homos naked? It's whatever, man. <laughs> it's whatever, man. Yeah, it's whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, cool, man. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> if, if everybody that we came in contact with had a, you know what? You're right, man. Whatever. You know, it's good. Had an attitude. How happy would this world be? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that actually reminds me, Casey, of uh, <laughs> so the other day, Don Hawker was telling me, you taught him a perfect life lesson. He said, <laughs> Um, somebody was ranting and raving about how we were doing something at Superfly, and Casey's like, "You know what? You're you're a lot smarter than me. You're absolutely right. So here you go," <laughs> and just walked away. Or, no, well, I could agree with you, and we'd both be wrong. Uh, right? <laughs> no, that yeah, that's good. But the one Casey yeah, pulled, he's like, "You know oh, what? Man. You're right, man." Here you go. Just walk away. You're yeah, you're, you're way far. More, you're way smarter at me than this. Oh yeah, way far <laughs> superior. Here you go, brother. Yep. The ship is at your helm. Let's make it safe to port. Oh, uh, and you should have seen the lockup after that. Well, dude, you got that guy at work. You're doing something. They're standing over your shoulder, telling you how to do it. Dude, just hand it to him. Here you go. You you know way more about this than I do. <laughs> I'm going to go back up here, man. You got this, right? All right. Good deal, man. Sweet. Dude, holler at me when it's done. Yeah. You want to see somebody lock up real quick. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, Yeah. I was laughing about that one. That whole, you know, I could agree with you. We'd both be wrong. Thing That was funny. Yeah. That and the whole, uh, what was the other one? What was the other story? Oh, yeah. From Duncan. The, have you ever ended up, you know, at the high school behind the wood pile, curled up in the fetal position, and not know how you got oh there? Oh my god! I'm like, and then he looks, no, yeah, then, no, dude, I've never had that happen. So Casey, help me out here. I'm like, brother, you're on your own. <laughs> that was great. I don't know what you're talking about. That was great. Yeah, you mean that, that never sorry, happened to you? What? Like, no, <laughs> no, it did not ever happen to me. I'm really sad <laughs> that it happened to you. Would you like to talk about it? Apparently, you would. Uh, <laughs> uh, could always behind, be worse could be behind the wood pile you never behind woke yourself. up yep. what? <laughs> no that was great what uh, this is not normal yep i gotta work that into some other conversations like could be worse man could yeah. be curled up in a fetal position on <laughs> the wood pile at the high school <laughs> yeah waking uh, up anyway. i mean that's never happened golly yeah no sure hadn't <laughs> that's great see that's back to what i'm talking about clay people just open up to me you see how he centered me out in that he goes man you ever casey backed me up on this see i was included in that that's the kind of stuff i'm talking about why would he pick me to have his yep. back on that oh yep. yeah that, that was a great night <laughs> see there was another guy he was a wonderful entertainer and people opened up to him too and sadly, Jerry has passed. 
And that's why <laughs> you shift for this role. And it all circles back. Yep. Dude, I'm going to be a smart-ass, pedantic David Spades. But dude, I, I need you guys there as bodyguards, really. You know? Well, you know I'm going to say some really dumb stuff. I'm going to piss off some crackheads that's been lit up since freaking Thursday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's geared out. So for, oh, he's, man. He, he's on his third day of a seven-day binge, and he, yep. he is wound Dude, up. <laughs> no joke, man. He chipped his last tooth on the last <laughs> copper mine run. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just going to be a bad deal. and he, I'm going <laughs> to pop off and say something stupid, and this guy's going to freaking – be on PCP or something and not know when to stop, you know? <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Damn. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> well, all right. Well, what else we that, got? Uh, we need to... Yeah, I kinda, sorry, I derailed yeah, that. Let's reel it back in. We're, at, we're a couple hours in here, so let's... We can uh, throw out what events we got coming up. Well, we got Superfly. Superfly is coming up. Fly. Dude, I have an... I do have an announcement for Superfly. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Well, so uh, I got spill it. Yep, I got confirmation. Mr. Rod Elliott, Santa from Nevada, will be here for Superfly. Yeah, wheat. That's awesome. Yep, got confirmation. So come yeah, out and see Rod Elliott. Remind he, me of that again tomorrow, Casey, because I totally forgot to make the phone call I was supposed to make today. Right. Yeah, yeah, need to call the old best Western. Yep. Yep. I completely forgot it right after we talked. Way to go. So, but so no, when is that? When September is it 28th through October 1st. Yeah. And man, uh, so far, dude, we're halfway there almost. Actually, a little over halfway there. We need to kind of get on this a little bit. But uh, it's shaping up to be pretty damn solid. Dude, we are uh, just over three months away. Three months and yep. a week. Oh, so damn. It's going to be here, it's yeah, be here it's, quick. It's closing fast. Go ahead and put that time off request in because it's going to be – dude, yeah. you need to come experience this. It's shutting down a full-scale runway. Dude, it's like it's set up for this. It's it's, it's for Central United States. Brother, this is going to be the jam. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um There was something I was going to add to I got, this. I've got food trucks lined up for that one. Uh, Not that taco on. truck that came out to Duncan. No, we're going to talk to. Uh, so typically we deal with the Chamber of Commerce oh, okay. on that. That's what we did last year. Yeah. And Chamber of Commerce lined up the food trucks for us. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. So oh, you took care of it all, was, man. I know what I was going to bring up. Early arrivals. There's been. A lot of talk around early arrivals, uh, definitely at the last event. And we decided to make an official early arrival time. And we're going to do it like they do at Jonal. And that is, you can show up on Wednesday at 3 p.m. So the way they do it at Jonal, it's, you know, a week long now. The reason it's a week long is because it used to be a four-day event and people started coming earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier. And then eventually it turned into an eight-day event. And so finally they said, all right, we're just going to make it eight days long. 
and we're going to allow you to enter the facility no earlier than Friday at 3 p.m. So if you show up early at Jonal, you get to wait in line outside of the gate. And Friday at 3 p.m., they open up the gates and everybody makes a land run to their campsite. And Dude, that's up. what I was going to say. We're going to have the Superfly land run, dude. It's in Oklahoma. It's real. The video. Yep. And so that's we're going to, in that theme, Wednesday, 3 p.m., you can show up and uh, get your camp set up and so on. Uh, we're still working on the details of the NOTAM. Like Casey said, it is a full-scale runway. So we have to keep that in mind. And uh, we're working on the details related to that. But uh, just so that there's no confusion, that's when you guys can get in. And if you show up before that, you're not going to get the gate code and you can wait in the road out front. Not trying to be mean, just trying to tell you um, this is how we're going to do it from moving this point on. Right. So nice. Yep. So we get there early. And man, you're going to be sick. And it's basically something else I want to throw out there is basically shut down to anything full scale unless it is an emergency. Um, there are exceptions to that. Please call ahead if that's something you want to do. Yeah. So last year we did it as a notum. It wasn't officially closed. Uh, we did encourage, we, we kind of advertised it as closed for a reason. Because um, we don't, we want to, we honestly don't want to encourage full-scale aviation coming in. If you have right. an airplane and you want to come check out the event, that's cool, but we would really rather you not. Um, just because of safety and logistics as well because we had the right. whole entire ramp blocked off. Yeah. I think we pissed the guy off a little bit. He said, well, I'd like to, I need to park. I'm like, oh, you go down there and park. Yeah, I had to go all the way to the other end. Yep. Right. Um, and so it's probably going to be that way again. Um, so sorry, please don't bring your full-scale airplane out. Right. Um, we would ask that you drive out, bring your model airplane, come have fun. Um. We are going to, Mike Sterling and I have talked about this a little bit, and we do want to try to officially close the runway. Right. Um, of course, with closed runway, I think emergency situations, it doesn't really That's matter. That's different, yeah. But, yeah. Um, so we are going to try to officially close it. But just as a courtesy, even if it's not fully officially, FAA says it's closed, if it's just an issue to note them like last time, please don't bring your full scale airplane out. That's all we're asking. We absolutely appreciate it. Absolutely love it. But for the event that we're trying to do, keeping safety in mind, we would just like to refrain as much as possible. Right. Yep. Yep. But that's going to be a good time again this year. It'd be good to see Rod again. Yep. You always bring something cool. I'm pumped on that. He sent me a picture of his freaking air confirmation i'm like no shit I'll fuck <laughs> up. yep santa and from nevada is he flying so, yeah he's flying in oh, okay um another detail i want to cover about the event uh, about superfly is that uh this is not hosted by a club uh, no. this is just a just just us our group of friends <laughs> you know yep. matt casey jason don hockle 
Brian Boffman, there's, there's just a lot of us that are all friends and we're working to put this together. Oh, Jason Hill. Jason Hill is a big part of this as well. Absolutely. I don't want to leave him out. Yep. Um, but there's not an official club. This is not Chisholm Trail RC Squadron. This is not Baxter RC nope. Club. Like, so with that being said, we're not trying to prop up any kind of club. We're not trying to make money on it. Uh, there's a chance we haven't worked out the exact details, but there's a good chance that we're not even going to charge a landing fee for right. this. The city is not charging us for it. Um, we would simply ask that we cover our cost and we'll probably open it up to a uh, donation. Right. Um, we will have a registration there. And the registration is simply you coming up and signing in. And that is just so that we can track basically our attendance. That kind of helps us when we go to the city and they say, hey, how did the event go? Well, we had 60 pilots. Um, we need to know those numbers just for future reasons. Uh, you know, right. getting the property, getting kind of knowing like, okay, how many food trucks are you going to need? How many porta johns are you going to need? Right. How many trash cans are you going to need? We right. need that information for those reasons, but we're not going to charge a landing fee probably or likely not going to charge a landing fee. Right. Because if the city is able to provide us with garbage cans and we get the Porta Johns donated, why charge people for that? We're not trying to make money off of it. So right. show up and have fun. It's uh, one of those deals that if we can break even, awesome. That's all we're asking you know, for. If we could have money to make it better for next year, awesome. You know, give what you can. Yep. But at the end of the day, no raffle. So I know some people like and enjoy the raffle. Honestly, it's kind of a pain in the butt. So um, no raffle. None of that is, this is not about money at all. This is a hundred percent about fun and having a good time. Yep. That's it. Uh, um, so let's keep that in mind. Uh, you know, like I said, if we do a donation or a landing fee, it's simply to cover the insurance cost that is associated with it and any kind of necessities. Other than that, we don't, you know, we're just doing this because we enjoy it and we have fun. We're not trying to make money at it. So yeah, I think that was the whole point of Superfly to begin with, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. The 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 genesis of Superfly was to get all these different types because what it was is at a, there was a time at which there was all these a giant scale event had to be you know giant scale or quarter scale or bigger. There was uh, electric only events. There mm -hmm. were warbird only events. Well, that's very exclusionary. Right. And so the, the idea of what you brought kind of deal. Exactly. Show up and have fun. Bring whatever you got. Show up and have a good time. That was the genesis of Superfly. And that's what we're going to continue it to be. Yeah. Mark Roddy. That dude. Yeah. Showed up exactly. and flew the entire time he was there. Everything he had from little foamies to, yeah, be that guy. Dude, that, that guy. guy. That guy right there is some like <laughs> if you don't know him, you need to know him. That is a one man party. Yeah, I don't know that that yeah. dude is ever upset. Like I said, be Mark Rock. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> That's right. the whole genesis of Superfly right, right. there. If you, you don't have a dinosaur dude. in your margarita and taking pictures of posting it online, 
You just don't understand. <laughs> My wife just came outside and heard me say that and looked at me like I was the craziest person that uh-huh. you've ever seen. Well, she's not wrong. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So over that, what else we got? Anything else? Closing well, arguments? Yeah. The only other events are, are still a good ways out. Uh, yeah. We beat it up with quite a bit with Superfly. Um, I did hear today in the IMAC world, one of the IMAC contests for San yeah. Antonio got canceled. I saw that. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it's Cajun Huck Fest, Ice House. Uh, there's one in Rolla, Missouri that uh, we probably, I want to pump up a little bit. Brian Zhang is a, a buddy of ours and uh, he's heavily involved with the one in Rolla. And uh, I believe it's the weekend prior to Superfly. So if you're in the Missouri area, you might want to check that out. See if I can find it here real quick. Yeah, September 21st through the 24th. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, we got some other ones after that. Angelo RC uh, Fly in San Angelo, middle of October, 13th through the 15th. Um, then you got Cajun Huck Fest, the October 19th and 20th. Ice House, November 1st through the 4th. What else have we got? Um, backing up a little bit here. Uh, dude, I'm actually on the scrap pile. That's uh, what I'm looking at, too. Oh, yeah. Abilene, Abilene IMAC, August 19th and 20th. Monster Fest in Eugene, Oregon. Dude, every yeah. time I see Eugene, Oregon, I think about, uh, was it Sublime? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they mentioned it in one of their songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, April 26, 1992. I think that's the yeah. one that uh, yeah. mentions Eugene, Oregon. No, there are riots on the street. Tell me where were you? <laughs> exactly, yeah. But yeah, uh, so we got a few events coming up. But yeah, the big ones for us are pretty good ways out after after uh, Superfly or at Superfly and then further on uh, with Huckfest and Ice House and those. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm ready for a little bit of a break personally. We feel right. like we're going for a couple of weeks now. And then we're gonna turn that liquor store into a structure fire. <laughs> <laughs> I uh so uh, part of the reason that uh, event season is gonna be slow over the next three months is because it's gonna be hot. Good. It's gonna yeah. be damned hot. <laughs> so um uh, it made me think about uh the family guy when they ask uh ollie what's the forecast <laughs> and it's like forecast is hot damned hot <laughs> so that's it so yeah mm. we we're supposed to fly this coming weekend and me and matt keep looking at the forecast like dude it's 102 and blowing 15 I'm telling you i will have a motor box kit for that ng uh that's what i'm doing like dude nothing Nothing about there. 102 and 15 mile per hour wind sounds good. Yeah, mine was no, showing like thinking. 15 to 25, and yeah, heat index is well over 100 degrees. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm living inside of a we'll, hairdryer. Yeah, we'll chill at the uh, building hut for the day. Exactly. And around six yeah. in the evening. There's a couple of mini splits. A couple yep. of mini splits holding it at 68 degrees in that shop sounds really good. 
dude i walked out there today and was like "Ooh, it's cold in here damn it's cold in here (laughs) yeah i better go back in and grab a jacket yeah i was like man so that's great well dude we gotta tie it up pretty quick i got like one bar left on my uh, headphone here oh man i know i'm sorry well i think that was about everything we had for tonight anyway so good yeah our hour-long conversation before the show didn't didn't help my battery situation yeah oops yeah that was our joe rogan recap sorry yeah our 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 off the record show yeah yeah i'll have to go listen to that one yeah anyway (laughs) all right man well y'all got anything else we good i'm good man i think that's it all right man well we appreciate you guys listening downloading streaming wherever you're getting us from and uh we will talk at y'all later have a good one see ya